up. Some of these people have been out here since 9, 10 a.m. this morning. Let's go check out the tent. Alrighty, folks, welcome back, baby, to Live in 5, episode number 26. Number 26 at UND, Ozzo, one of our good buddies, Colton Sanderson, Uncle Rico from the UND alumni, what do you call it over there, the alumni, what, facility, program, what is it? Foundation. Foundation, there it is, the alumni foundation. So episode 26, folks, joining us later on. After the pre-show, as we always do, will be Mike Grinnell, who just got back from the Forks. He is the Spittin' Chicklets producer. He resides in Hoboken, New Jersey, made his way all the way to the Red Pepper in the frozen tundra of the Ralph Engelstead Arena, the Taj Mahal of all arenas in hockey. But before we get to that, folks, like we always do here in the pre-show, go check out our YouTube page. Please go like and subscribe that. That is at Live in 5 2024 helps the boys get subscriptions like that so we can kind of build this thing low and slow i say so please do us a favor if you like our stuff if you like listening to a pod if you listen to it on spotify maybe you're on apple go over to youtube that is the way all these shows are going in terms of podcasting and whatnot so go over to the youtube page at live and five 2024 your boy jay swiss checking in as always from the desert north scottsdale over here azo Brought to you by Butter Golf and Mini Movers. Live in five, folks. The official lifestyle and apparel brand and company over here is Butter Golf. That is my company. Go check it out. Go to butter.golf. Again, like I always say, we have our wasted management tees. We have the all-star game tees we did for the NHL all-star game. In the coming months, we will be dropping our first official capsule of all stuff farm to table. So that's all stuff designed. I picked out the fabrics. I created the the blends of the fabrics and everything that will be coming out with the hoodies, the joggers, the performance tee, the polos. I was actually in LA on Monday, Ozzo, just a quick day rip. I flew out right off the tarmac of Phoenix Sky Harbor at about 9 a.m. and got back at about 11 p.m. So stuff looks good. We're just trying to get that into the works and get it to the people. And folks, the official moving company of Live and Five is Mini Movers. So if you need your shit packed, if a gal's moving in with you, if she's moving out, maybe you're just changing locations, maybe you're changing zip codes, streets, or an address, whatever it is, or all three, give the boys at Mini Movers a call today. Get a free quote. That is minimovers.com. Sitting across the Zoom call, the StreamYard call right now from the captain, Gage Osmus, CEO over there at Mini Movers. So, folks, go check that out today. Azo, before we get to Mikey G Baby Grinnell, what's going on, brother? How are we doing over there in the Midwest? How are we doing in the state of hockey? What's shaking and what did you get up to this past weekend, baby? Doing well, man. Doing well. Um, yeah, I had a I had a pretty eventful weekend, actually, and I've got one coming up too. So last weekend, Jordo, I don't know what you got up to, but I started off with a nice dinner. I uh, went on a couple's dinner, had a few too many old fashions. Um, those things sneak up on you, man. Cause you're only drinking, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cup. It's like half full. You're like, yes, I can drink a half full cup pretty easily. 
Um, yeah, you can. It turns out you can, but there's a lot of alcohol in those cups, and and they sneak up on you. But it's a nice, it's a nice way of getting there. Um, how funny next- is it, Azo? Azo, how funny is it when you're drinking those old fashions and you're just like two touching the first four or five of them because you're so thirsty, and it's like literally you could two touch all of them. So <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's so dangerous, and yeah, there's not enough liquid in there, like you know, like. We're used to drinking, you know, beer or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. You're sucking back on a little uh, Tito's soda splash of crayon. Um, and those take, you know, what, seven to ten drinks, gulps. These these things are legit two drinkers if you take a gulp. And like you said, you're thirsty when you're starting off. So you're like, okay, I don't want to drink this water. That's that that's soft. I'm going to I'm going to two touch this this old fashioned and have another one. Fuck those add up the bill though, eh? Like when you're having someone else make one for you, it's like here's twenty bucks. Oh yeah. Is it is it worth it? Probably not, but it's it's still had a great time. Um, and then the next night I uh, went out with my buddy Jude Hole. It was his thirtieth birthday on Wednesday. I took him out. We started the night um, golfing at the U.S. Bank Stadium, where the Vikings play. Um, actually, a pretty cool deal. I went in there. Uh, not knowing what to expect, I kind of thought it was going to be like a, another uh, Top Golf place. You know, you're kind of just hitting balls. They actually have holes set up around the stadium, so like you're walking to each hole, and you're hitting shots from every part of the stadium. Uh, it was pretty cool. I don't know if you saw the video. I was with uh, I, some of the some of the 10K guys, and I, I put one off the roof. It was pretty funny. I saw you go bar down there. So what is that? Can anyone get in there, Ozzo, and hit nuggets from? you know, kind of the catwalk area or the, the top deck of the U.S. Bank Stadium? Like, is anyone able to get tickets for that? Or how does that go down? Because that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, no, I think um, it's called, it's a company, actually. It's called Top Deck Golf. And this company kind of just travels around to stadiums and they they host these types of, you know, golf. It's like top golf, but you're going to every hole and, um yeah, it's a company, so anyone can buy tickets. I was fortunate to uh, get mine paid for. I don't think I would have done the deal if I had to pay, but I got a free ticket. Uh, Jude and I got a free ticket, so we went. Obviously, it's always great to be in those those stadiums. They're they're unbelievable. But yeah, I don't know. Like you're ripping golf balls, and obviously, you know, there's bar there's a bar in there. You're having drinks. Um, you know, obviously you're like, okay, I got a club in my hand. I got a ball here. I'm going to try to fucking rip this as hard as I can. So you got guys out there just, you know, hammering the ball everywhere. I mean, speakers are getting hit. You know, the, you got to think there's like a big insurance plan from top deck golf in case a bunch of shit goes wrong in, in the U.S. bank. Cause like, I don't know, these speakers are like, I don't know how expensive they are, but they're just getting hammered by golf balls. I mean, that can't be good. Right. Like they probably got to replace that. I mean, I hit one off, I hit one off a, a pole going across the top of the the stadium and it ricocheted left, bounced and hit the bit, the jumbotron. So I'm like, did that break a couple bulbs there? Like, did that to replace that? I don't know. I don't know how they, how they worked that out. I'm guessing top deck golf has a huge insurance liability plan. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. Do they have a full 18 holes that you can go slashing on or how many holes was it? It was nine, and you get two balls on each hole. So they they give okay. you a bag, they give you a bag of eighteen balls, and you 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 hit two off of each off of each hole. And one of the guys, one of the guys before us, 
he grabbed this bag and he, he dumped all 18 on hole one and just fucking fired 18. No way, rapid <laughs> And he's shot. like, yeah, rapid shot. And then he's like, all right, so there's a bag at hole two or what? And they're like, no, like, those are your those are your balls for the whole round. And he's like, well, fuck me. I didn't know that. Like, just give me another bag. They wouldn't give him another bag. They're like, yeah, you're done. So it's like, <laughs> oh my god, he's flashing. Are you going rapid fire off the first tee? He might have a bag of something else in his pocket. He's oh, looking yeah. for a, all the the rocks. It's like holy fuck, fella. How many uh, like how many people you think were in there at, at one time? You get a certain tee time, or how does that work? Yeah, you set up a tee time. Uh, I think ours was uh, seven fifteen or something. Off the and tip at seven fifteen. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Fun. I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? It's hilarious too because you know you got this football field and they got a bunch of holes in the football field and they got the ball shaggers out there in hockey gear you know there's two guys walking around shagging oh. balls in hockey gear and every time you're they're out there off, like, off the, oh yeah you're, you're dropping them out of the sky that would hurt so bad the, oh yeah like we i was we were obviously whenever they're out there it's like i mean aim for the fucker out there you know <laughs> you're trying sure. to hit them like, sure. it's like any driving range right yeah. and we actually talked to one of the workers there and i'm like i'm like hey you like who who signs up to do that? Like, did they know what they were signing up for? And he's like, it's funny. It's funny you say that. I just rolled the elevator with them. And I was asking them, like, how many times you've been hit? And they're like, oh, fuck. Like, you would be surprised. Like, we've been hammered a bunch of times. I'm like, how are you signing up for that, man? Like, did they give you a job description? What are you doing? What are they? So they're just wearing, like, a, a 4500? Yeah, they're wearing full-on hockey gear, and they're just pushing like a big rake around, shagging balls. They got, the, they got the cage on or the window? What do they got going? Yeah, they, they got a cage going. Oh, my God. They got the <laughs> Nick cage on, the oh, yeah. 4,500 bucket, just like stock shoulder pads, and that's it? Yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was was insane. I was like, I mean, I was just like, why do you even need to shag the balls? Like, what right. are you doing out there? Like, just do that when everyone leaves. But, yeah, I mean, nice. there's a lot of people out there. You know, there's probably – it's probably like 12 to 15 people on each hole because there's a bunch of bays on each hole right. and um, there's people on the deck. There's people at the bar. Um, it, it, they really get you inside us bank. You know, I got a gin and tonic, 22 bucks. How you doing? Right Fuck me. Oh, I mean, that's tough. I got another one though. Cause oh, I didn't pay for the round. So like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Double 44. How you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what wrenches did you bring? Just like a, you sawn off a of 56 or what'd you have there? They they had wrenches for us, nice tailor made irons, brand new. Okay. It was funny. It was funny. Uh, there was a worker there taking her job too seriously. One of the one of the guys next to us uh, tried to bring his tried to bring his nine iron to the next hole with him, yeah. and uh, and got caught. Like, hey, buddy, can't steal that. They had they had they had wrenches on each hole for you, so you, like you you never grab clubs. But that would have been okay. so funny walking in a U.S. bank just with your golf bag on. Just, that would be a, that's like the nerds that bring their own wrenches to Top Golf. It's like, fella, you're literally gonna have 19 beers. Leave your car here. Have to Uber home. Why are you bringing your wrenches in? And why do you have a glove on right now? You walked into Top Golf and you have your mitt on. No way! And you have the weatherproof one because it's it's April and mini, and it's a little cold. So you got the foot joy. You got the black mitt on. That's so sick. 
it was so funny too like we had a couple we had a group next to us i mean they fucking dressed up like they were going to play at the masters or the u.s open it was like i mean full-on you know golf hat on golf glove like you said they got glove on tucked in polo the golf pants i think one of them had golf shoes on too it's like what are you doing man we we are we are chipping balls at a football field like you don't need to dress up for this right so let's get into that ozzy i want to just off the cuff here how do you feel about guys that dress up like that that go to play you know whatever they're going to this place at the u.s bank stadium but let's take that a step further and how do you feel about the guys that show up to golf tournaments say the waste management say it's the u.s open say it's the players as a player they dress up as a player it's like they have the lululemon khakis on they have the foot joy glove in their back pocket and they also have like a vineyard vines or a johnny o polo on and then they got the titleist hat or maybe they take it even a step further they got the bubble watt fucking 360 visor on it's like buddy what are you doing your handicap is 19 like what what are you wearing right now how do you feel about those guys those guys are pickles oh my god and so they they remind me they remind me i always laugh when i watch baseball and i see the coach dressed up as a player it's like what are you gonna do you gonna go out there like the fucking the old guy on longest yard and take a snap or something like why are you dressed up as a player it's like those guys it always reminds me of those guys these guys go to golf tournaments and dress up like they could grab a club and swing one if if one of the players calls on them it's like you ain't getting out there they have the cleats on (laughs) why do you need extra grip when you're just walking outside of the ropes like what are we doing right now and there's so many of those guys and it's the best when they're all in a group too like they literally think they just came from wherever they're playing tipping it out shot 115 and then they go outside of the ropes at the players championship or the john deere classic in fucking iowa it's like what is going on those guys are the best they are they are and there's gonna be people like what what, what? It's, it's it's golf etiquette whatever i mean you don't see people you don't see fucking guys going to basketball games full-blown uniform on and like <laughs> no other sport does this like you don't go you don't wear the uniform to any other sport in the world why are you doing it for golf i know that's like that's like literally dressing up full shoulder pads on with the breezers or the pants going to a hockey game <laughs> Or going to a football game and you got the helmet, the Bobby Boucher special, the one bar, and just yeah. sitting <laughs> in the nosebleeds with the Bobby Boucher one bar on, and you got the fucking football pants and the pads that you stuff in there. Remember those pants in football? Those are hilarious. Like those oh, little yeah. pads. Like, what is that gonna do? But what is that even doing? Oh, Nothing. that is so funny. Those guys, every time I go to a golf tournament, I haven't been to a ton, but you mm. see those guys, you're like, buddy, really? <laughs> Like, what what are we doing here? Why do you have your glove hanging out? And you have an extra glove? Well, no way. You have an extra mitt. That is so filth. Can I put it on? Because I got my Franklin's on, but I kind of want your tailor-made mitt. So that was uh, that's a great rant there. I want to – it would be interesting to see how people feel on that one, but that's uh, that's yeah. funny. Over here, Azo, Nikki Schmaltz, 28th birthday was on Friday night, so – the eight car, as we know them, uh, we went over to Buck and Ryder, good spot in town, Buck and Furt. I, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post, but we kind of had, there's a mm. board there where it like shuffles in and you can put like, it's on an iPad where you can put like, you know, select or specific messages on. So we had like the, you know, the, we'll, we'll post it to our Instagram, but it was like, Happy birthday, Nikki Ferda, Ifella. Yeah, and yeah, we, yeah. The next one we had was go for one, stay for two, home by three. So we did Buck and Ryder that night. Great little snap. Coach Dar actually came out. Maddie Dumba and his gal were there, so it was cool. And then we parlayed that into uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
and my God, what a show. Nikki had oh, a no nice, way. Yes, Nikki had oh. a so the it was like this weird venue in Tempe where it was kind of just like right on the they call it the lake. It's like basically a canal that they fill up when the when the rain hits and in the summer it dries out. But it's right basically off of ASU's campus, like Mill Ave, right in actually by Mullet Arena over there. So we went over there and every year the this one guy that runs like Austin City Limits, Lollapalooza, all those concerts, those outdoor venues. He puts this on. It's called this Extra Innings Festival, and it's kind of based around spring training. You know, the teams are showing up down here. A lot of baseball guys were there. So Nick actually pulled out his phone for one time, used his connections, and got this guy's number, the owner of this whole thing, and had it set up in a nice box. And it was cool, man. I mean, those guys, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they did a little bit too much of their new stuff, which I get because they've been playing uh-huh. those other songs for 30, 40-odd years. But, man, the show that they can put on, and especially Anthony Kytus, like that guy is an absolute nail gun i mean have you read his book scar tissue it is so I, nailed. yeah i've heard stories of it i i haven't read it, it those guys are nuts are they still they're still slashing out there like they're still they're oh, yeah. still giving yep. it they're all sober now and that that kitus you got to read the book though like his dad back in the day that he grew up in grand rapids michigan then he moved to just outside of la so he, he grew up predominantly in la but his dad was a drug dealer and you had him hitting like heroin at age 12. I mean, the guy is a full-on nail gun, and he's 62 now, and he's still running up and down the stage. I mean, his voice sounds amazing. He sounds the same mm-hmm. way, and those just those classics, like Under the Bridge, Can't Stop, oh, you know, they're just so good. Californication, Dana, California. All those are just such bangers, so it was an unbelievable time. I am a big Chili Peppers guy. That's my third time seeing them, so I love that band, but a funny person that I ran into, because we brought Coach Dar with us, and she, you know, she's plugged into all sports. And one of the gals that used to work for, for a team, I believe it was the Cubs, is now working for Franklin Gloves. So she randomly sees this girl. It says, hey, how you doing? What team are you down here with? She knows, no, I actually work for Franklin Gloves now. I go, no way. But I didn't have my Franklin's on me, but I was showing her all the game film. And I'm like, you know, I do these live shows now. I actually have some people wearing, you know, the Franklin mitts. We did a little on the glass series with the Coyotes where I specifically shouted out, you got to go to Dick Sporting Goods, get your Franklin mitts. I had the mullet on, the tie mm-hmm. jacket. So I'm in talks right now, Ozzy, of hopefully if, you know, just just give me a pair of custom Franklins and then we'll talk, you know, a partnership deal. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. how sick of a deal would that be if you get a custom pair of Franklin mitts? And she was like in awe. She couldn't believe it. Then I showed her, you know, at the couple live shows we did in Calgary and in New York City. I was like, hey, I actually have people wearing these. So like, get me a deal, baby. It doesn't We can go low and slow to start, but yeah. get me a deal. So that was pretty funny. Just a total random person, that, you know, that I don't know, but obviously That's Coach Gar did. And yeah, it was funny. So that was a good time, and then the boys, uh, they left for ta- out of town, and we had that dry run with Hockey Night in Scottsdale and the Coyotes, that alternate cast we're doing with me and the Heat Daddy. So we did that yesterday. We were recording on Wednesday. So our first live one for that, that was just like a practice run, Ozzo. That was just a dry rub, right? Just a, a mm. nice chicken wing dry rub. No sauce on that, baby. So I think the first one we're going to do is uh, Sunday the 10th. That'll be the Chicago Blackhawks game. It is in Chicago, so... Be on the lookout for that. I think you can only watch it locally, so we're, we're trying to work out the the kinks mm-hmm. to that. But uh, it, it should be good. Uh, it was a good snap, basically just bringing the coach, uh, you know, to a little bit more of an official environment. So that was it's cool. Pretty, it's pretty nails seeing yourself on that cast. Like you can choose. Like should I watch the game or the hockey night in Scottsdale cast? Like you you storied that yesterday. Yeah, that's got to be a pretty cool feeling. Like holy fuck, I'm on TV. Yeah, it was cool, and I just think. 
getting to getting more into the the Coyotes organization over here, it, it just brings a, a more of credibility to it, right, Azo? So you mm-hmm. have you know some backing, you have some game films, you can kind of present it to different people. And I mean, even you know last week at that gala that we did was hilarious too, where I did the Chicago Bulls starting lineups for all the uh, Coyotes players. So it was like a, yeah. a charity gala over at the. It was actually at the uh, Wild Horse Pass Casino, but me and the Heat Daddy went up there, and uh, one of the things was we were the host, so I did the Chicago Bulls like we do on the Live and Five show here. I brought out all the players. It, it was pretty funny. I thought my – there were some good ones in there because I had it prepped all day. Like I was writing it down and, you know, yeah. if I, one by one. But the one I thought that was uh, just off the top of my head that was funny was from the frozen ponds of Blaine, Minnesota. He's tall. He's nice. He's whiter than rice, Nick Bukestead. And he just comes out. And he's like, well, uh, you live in AZ. If you can't tone it, Tana, get out of that sun, baby. What are we doing? I, I, you're looking like you're living in Helsinki, Finland right now, kid. So get out in that sun, baby. Enjoy it. You're only going to be in AZ for maybe a couple more weeks before you on the block. So, uh, no, it was funny. Those The guys got a kick of that. Even uh, Billy Strong, the GM, who came up to me. He's the guy that drafted nice. me back in the day in, in St. Louis. And I chirped him in the intro, too, Ozzo. I, I said, Billy, I don't know if you had the contacts out or you didn't have the glasses on when you drafted me 25th overall, but you should have known I couldn't have played a lick of defense, buddy. You know, so I, I said that <laughs> all the they were loving it, you know. But he came up to me after and yeah. he was funny. He was like, you know, well, we still got Pareko in the third round. I'm like, Billy, chill, buddy. Like, I, I was still a <laughs> he's, player. He's you know? backing himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, we still got Pareko. I'm like, yeah, chill out, bro. You know, I could still play. So I was just giving it to him. That was funny, though. But Azo, one situation I want to ask you about in today's episode of Single Swish. So hear me out here. Me and Dar, Coach Dar, we go work out together probably once or twice a week, and we go to this place called Body, which is in Old Town Scottsdale. And we've been going to this place for probably, I would say, two months, like just in and around Christmas as we kind of switched it up. We were going to F45. We were going to Orange Theory. I was getting burnt out of those places like, yo, Coach, we got to change it up and Let's go check out this body place. I heard good things. I heard a lot of good-looking gals go to this place. And it's a workout mm-hmm. place. It's essentially kind of just like all those other group fitness places. Also, you know how it is. It's 40, 50 people in there. It's a pretty big gym. It's stationed off of usually you can do a sweat or a strength class. And it's all like a HIT-style cardio-based workout with a little bit of weights. So you get into a station. You kind of work it out. There's probably 12 stations around the room. You go through about three or four times. That's your hour. So we go in there right after Christmas, my first time, and, you know, there's a little bit of a warm-up they take you through, and I look up, and to my right was, well, it was a gal that I had a PTO with probably five or six months prior to that, and she's there with her friend. So i am got my chin tucked, you know, I'm, we're rolling out, we're stretching out before the class, kind of gets going. And Have I'm I not, met this girl, Jordo? No, you haven't, no. I haven't, okay. No. You haven't, no. No, you haven't. So this gal is to the right of me and she's with her friend and they're like, say we're going to start in section or station one. She's going to start in four. And all of a sudden, right before the workout starts, she shifts to one, the station one, the same one we're in. So there's about seven to 10 people in each station. There's probably, in this class, they're all different. There's probably eight stations because there's a lot of people in there. There's probably 40 or 50 people. So you can spread out. And the whole time, this girl is like looking at me. I'm like, I'm not going to say hi because it was a one and done. It was a, it was a PTO. It was a one night. Yeah, it happened to go that way. But 
whatever. We'll leave it at that. So I hadn't talked to her in five odd months. And she's like looking at me like I should talk to her. And I'm like, I'm working out right now. And, and I don't want to see you. So this goes on for the whole class. You can tell her and her friend are actually not even really working out at this point. You can tell they're giggling. You know how girls giggle and then you know they're mm -hmm. talking about you. But mm -hmm. I'm trying to zone that out. Me and Dar inside are just dying laughing because I I given Coach Dar the rundown probably three minutes prior to this class starting. Now she shifts over and we're in the same station. So Dar is just like, oh, my God, like what is going on here? These girls are dying laughing. And then so after the class, you know, Whatever. We, we She kind of gets out of there. I don't say anything. And I would say, Ozzy, for the last six weeks, at that same time, that 7.30 a.m. class, this girl has been in there and has done the same exact thing every time. Right before the class is about to start, she comes right to our section, right to our station. I mean, it could be like way across the gym. It's a big gym, too. It's, you know, it's you know, probably 50 yards by a hundred yards. Like it's a big gym. Yeah. She comes into our station every single time. And I am, I mean, I'm not going to say anything like it's seven 30 AM baby. Like number one, you don't got the makeup on my hair is all over the place. We are not going to talk. It's just, and I don't want to talk to you. So what do you do in a situation like that? And then to add another layer on this story, this gal probably two weeks ago was in a class with me. And then another girl that I know, friend of the show comes up to me mid class while we're switching stations and she gives me like a shoulder tap and I didn't even see her because again it's 7 30 in the morning and there's a lot of people in there and I look up and it's another one and I'm like what is going on so what do I do in a situation like that and can I keep working out at this gym because me and Dar are just having a, a time with this it's just hilarious but yeah. just going back to that first one I was like what do you do like I'm not gonna say hi do I have to pick a different gym I don't really care. I think it's funny, but at, at the same time, so it's does it end off every time? Like you just, you, it, it, she comes by you, you work out, and at the end of the class, you kind of just, you never end up actually saying anything to her the whole like any time. No, 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 because this is these are hard workouts, Ozzo. Like it's yeah. as hard as you make it, right? So I'm not yeah. gonna. You know, I'm not going to like say hi. Mid I'm gas. I'm going 110. You know, I'm mm -hmm. you're doing the assault bike a lot of the time. You're doing the ropes. It's it's a hard workout. It's as hard as you make it, right? So I'm I'm going like yeah. you know, I'm working out at North Dakota or when I'm playing pro, like I'm full tilt full time. But I just wanted to ask you, like, what do you what would you do in this situation when you have just a gal clearly trying to get your attention so bad? And I'm not saying I'm some catch, but this is just the situation. It is. It's like. Do you just bite the bullet and say hi, or do you just keep playing the ice ice game? Like, you know, you got her on vanilla ice. You got her on dry ice. Just sit there, baby. Because we, theoretically, Ozzy, we don't know each other at all. We had one, yeah, literally yeah, one yeah. night. It was one night, you know. We went to the Henry. We uh, had we had some drinks. We had dinner. We went over to Hillstone, had a couple more drinks, took the Uber. I actually played a road game at the time because Gossip Spear was living in my place down here. I was staying at Nick's. I great. played a road game. She fell asleep. I went home. We tried to hang out a few times. I was busy. She's on the road. It is what it is. But at this point, it's like, it's just so funny. It's awkward now, too, because now if you say something, she's like, oh, why, why didn't you say something the first five times? <laughs> it, you know, like, you could play it off. I think what I would do at some at a certain point, like, if you actually want to work out at this gym, um, 
which you know you have every right to work out there maybe you maybe you like even go past her because jordan let's be honest this girl knows what she's doing right like she's oh, yeah. she's probably not yep. dumb these girls know what they're doing they all have something kind of schemed up in their head and they have ways of kind of trying to get what they want and i mean she knows what she's doing so maybe you even you know you, you try to out weird her a little bit um yep. You, you got to do like maybe you do something to make her quit the gym or something. I don't know. Like, well, the, it's, the, the funny like, thing is, is I think she actually might even teach at the gym. Like, not these classes, <laughs> but she's like a yoga instructor, maybe at the gym. So I don't want to indulge too much, but I I can't confirm or deny that that she might work at the gym, Azo. And it's like I I just I don't know what to do. You know, I think, and, I think you play it. I think you like next time you see her, just be like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" Like, you haven't seen you in forever. Because she's hit she's me like, with, uh, she's hit me with the like not recently, but right away was hit me with the the old classic follow, waiting for the follow back, then unfollow, and then oh, follow no. again, and then oh. unfollow. So now you're playing the East West game on me. It's like I I don't care. Like it it was just a. It's a situation that is just drug. It's really like when I walk in that gym, it's the same. It's like we're playing it back. It's like she's at way across the room. She's at the other polar opposite diagonal. And all of a sudden, all right, let's start class. And she's beelining it right across to station one where we're starting. I'm just sitting there like, again? What maybe maybe you and Dar pick a station. And then right when she heads over next to you, you guys head to a different station across yeah. the room. See what happens. I don't know. Like... I feel like you got to do something, but also if she was playing that follow game with you, the all the unfollow the follow until you give her a follow back, and yeah. she's doing this, there's a little something going on up there. I don't know the girl, but that's kind of a crazy move. She might out crazy you on that one. You it's it's it Forward. might be best off to just leave it leave it I, untouched and just see, try to avoid. Yeah, that's what I think. Just don't even act like you know each other because we really don't. Also, I want to say a last little bit on this. It is so funny to the point where I've actually maybe worked out next to her for 48 minutes where, you know, I could probably touch her with my arm and I hadn't said anything. <laughs> like, think about that. I'm mid goblet squat and she's over here doing the hamstring curl and I'm looking across. I'm not, I'm just so blinders yeah. on to the point where it's that awkward. Again, I don't feel that bad because I got Dar with me, but if I were to go there alone, I would be, I, I think I would have to walk out. I just think because uh -huh. I got Dar there by my side, maybe she's like, you know, things like, I don't think she would think I'm dating Dar, but at least I got another gal with me. You know, I got, so it just, it's easier to play that. Maybe game. she, th she, she might think you are dating Dar and she's, she's trying to, she's trying to fuck it up for you. Right. Like that's, that might be on her mind. Like, Oh, right. I'm going to try to mess this up, make it awkward. Cause I know girls do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, they, they think like that sometimes. So yeah, I would just leave that untouched. She sounds like uh, someone you don't want to go to war with. She might win that one. Um, but yeah, that's, that is a tough story, man. Yeah. You know who she reminds me of just in my little experience with her is, uh, the gal from wedding crashers, Jeremy, I will <laughs> find you, you know, like, cause she is, uh, you know, she's got, she is carrot top. She is carrot okay, top. Okay. I don't want to give too much away here, but yeah, carrot yeah, top. Yeah. Um, so she's got that little Jeremy, I will find you, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so yeah, good. It was my first oh my God, time. Gotta, I got a stage five. <laughs> got a stage five. We got to get out of here. That was my first time. First time having sex. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm dealing with right now. Swish a single life over here. Pretty funny. Azo, 
Let's move it west. Let's move it north from the desert. Let's move it up to Montana, my friend. You are heading to Big Sky this weekend. What a spot, fella. Fresh powder, chin tuck, throwing both ways. I just wanted to ask you a few things. I mean, it's been a little bit of time since I've been up there. The last time I was up there, I was doing a little bit of a mushroom excursion with the Cowboys. That was during mm-hmm. the summer months. So I haven't skied up there in probably 15 years, but how fired up are you, fella, to get up there and and what a mountain that is. It's unbelievable. And they got now they got all those their their lifts. They all have that shield on them too. Like yeah. they're juicy. It's the it's I, I've been I've been to Colorado. Um I've been to Park City. I've been to, you know, Salt Lake City. I haven't been to Jackson Hole yet, and I haven't been to California. I've been to Banff. Um but yeah, man, Big Sky I think is is my number one for skiing purposes. Uh, yeah. there's not much of a nightlife. Uh, out there but that's kind of not what i'm going for this weekend it's the best it's 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 such a surreal feeling just rolling up on that lone peak um big sky mountain it's unbelievable going out there and their runs are so sick and and it looks like we're getting some fresh pow i know the winter hasn't been great there um in terms of snow but we're gonna get some fresh pow and i'm gonna shred all weekend man i've been doing the uh you know nowadays in the gym they got the kind of the ski machine where you're kind of like going back and forth the hips kind of get the legs burning i've been conditioning for this you know i've been telling my brother i'm going with my brother um i'm going with gabby and my brother's wife i've been telling these people i'm like hey you do not want to go here um out of shape because your legs are going to be feeling it right after the first day we're going two days we're not gonna we're not getting off that mountain because you're tired we got a condition for this and and i'm fucking excited man it's gonna be awesome Azo, and I wanted to ask you, like, what's your ski game? Is it low and slow? Are you a groom blue guy? Are you a backcountry where you're stick handling in the woods, getting a lot, you know, off the beaten path a little bit? Are you a black diamond guy? Like, what is your ski game if you're telling the folks out there? It's, uh, I, I've skied, I've actually, ever since I went to Big Sky in college, I've, 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 I've loved skiing. So I've actually skied quite a bit. I've gotten pretty good. And obviously being a hockey player, it's just like second nature. It's pretty easy, honestly. Um, I like, I get up there, I take the first run, I go blue diamond, I go a couple blue diamonds, first two runs, just get the feel for it. And then you're you're hitting the black diamonds for sure. And then after the black diamond, like, I'm trying to find some, I'm trying to find some trails in the woods and I'm trying to hit some little jumps going in the woods, trying to avoid trees. Um, I'll even, I'll, I'll probably take a, a, a few spills for sure. Cause I like to push the limits because yep. once you get, once you get comfortable out there, man, it's like, this is so fun going fast. Like I got to go a little faster next time. And it's a little scary because if you're, if you're like that, it's like, I, I don't know if I trust myself. Like I should slow down. But then when I go down these blue diamonds later in the day, it's not that fun because I want to go on the black diamond. So that's kind of, that's kind of my game. I, I, I go into it slow, but at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bombing that hill and I, and I love the speed. I love, I love feeling like your ears, you can, you can hear how fast you're going and it, it's, it's awesome. It is. Um, it's unbelievable. I'm heading to Jackson hole in the next couple of weeks, steep and deep there, fella. So I'm, I'm fired up for that. Last question I have for you, just related to the, the mountain. Do you ski drunk? I mean, some people like that is crazy to me. Those people that go out there and they get a buzz on, I'm like, 
you know what? If I'm going to be pushing the limits, like you said, like just hope all goes well because you could get seriously injured there. So hope uh-huh. all goes well on the hill. But it's like some of these guys that are doing, you know, the midday shift and they're having three or four IPAs. I mean, those are traveling a little further too, especially in that oh. tin air. It's oh, like yeah. you're walking out of there. You had the chicken finger basket and you had four IPAs, the old hazy IPA, and you're half cocked. You got to be a little careful, fella. 100%. No, I definitely do not. I don't like getting drunk on the hill. Now, will I stop at one of those, you know, mountain bars on the side of the hill um, to grab a beer? Yeah, I will. But I am not going to, I probably will hold off on the buzz until I hit the hot tub after the, after the ski session. Yes. Um, and that's kind of my game there. I do. I will probably take a few tokes out of like a pen or something. If someone brings like a joint up there, I'll Dial probably do probably do that just because, um, you know, you, I put the headphones in and you got some music playing. I mean, it's, it's, it's therapeutical. Honestly, it's, it's unbelievable. How good is that post ski day soak in the hot tub? I mean, if you don't have a hot tub at the hotel or the house you're staying at, I won't go ski, honestly. You, you, you might as not even go. You, you, you don't even go. That's so yes. fella. Like, how yes. good is that? After the, with the, especially if the the powder's coming down a little bit too, some uh-huh. big mountain flakes, and they're kind of hitting your face, and it's cooling you off. You're in the tub. You're having a couple. Oh, fella, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in the in the big sky. Uh, the the place we're staying at, it's on the resort right at the base of the mountain. It's got an outdoor like pool that's a hot tub that also connects indoor. Yeah, it's incredible. You got the steam coming up outside. You're kind of a little chilly outside of the water, but you're nice and warm under. Yep. it's the best. It's the best. That's why you go. Honestly, is for that after ski soak. Yes, hundred percent. Azo, next year we got to plan a trip and we got to do yeah. Jackson Hole, bro. You got yeah. Jackson Hole is my favorite. I, is like it? I, yes. And it's not Aspen bougie. It's not uh-huh. It's a little, st- I would say it's not as rugged. Although Big Sky, it's coming. Like Big Sky is getting really nice, especially that lower base and that lower village area is, is really yeah. nice. And they're starting to get more places to eat. But I would say it's kind of in between a Big Sky where it still has that ruggedness to it, but it has a little bit of that Aspen bougie-ness to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's just steep and deep, bro. Like it's... It's big boy skiing. And the only thing that I think would separate and make Big Sky an overall better experience, now I haven't been there in a few years, is just their lift system is way better. Like Jackson Hole, they have a lot, it's all gondolas and it's one big tram ups. It's like, I need more lifts, man. Like it doesn't have to be fancy, but I don't want to have to take my skis off every time and carry them, especially Mm -hmm. if I'm waiting on a weekend day. I don't love that, Ozzo. I just want to keep my metal on, get in that lift. Like you said, have a toke, maybe have a beer, nothing crazy, and just keep bombing down and getting back up, bombing mm-hmm. down and getting back up. Like yeah. the gondola for me, we're not soft. I don't, I don't need a gondola. I don't want to take my metal off. You know? No, I'm on the same side there. I, I do not want to shed the skis. Now, it's a little easier with skis, I think, than the snow. Like the, I, I, I've done snowboarding once. I don't know if you have, but. I don't know how people do it, man. It's nowhere near as fun. It's not, and it's not as convenient. You can't go as fast. It's just, I don't know how people do it. It takes so long to set up once you get off the lift. Like once you get off the lift with skis, you're already fucking going down the hill. Basically, it's like there's no, there's no pause time there. Yeah, your dismount on a board looks so dust too. Coming yeah. off the skis, you know, the, off the lift, off the chairlift, it looks so like so brutal. Like you're like pedaling with a foot, like your skateboard, uh-huh. but you can't get any traction because you got your ski boot on. So, ski all day, and just it, it's just a classy look. Azo, I want you on that hill with a picture of some jersey on. 
over top of your winter coat. I was 100%. my last little thing I wanted to you got to be putting on a, a mint fit up there. And I, I want to see some up there this weekend. I'm glad to hear you're a Jersey guy in the, on the slopes too. I've never not gone skiing without a Jersey on. You have to, it's like the yeah. perfect opportunity to put a Jersey on. Am I going to wear a Jersey to the, to the bar in Minnesota? No, but I'm going to wear one. I'm going to wear one to the bar in big sky for sure. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. So Good luck up there this weekend, fella. Fired up. You're going up there to uh, go steep and deep with it. Azo snapping it over to a little bit of golf talk. Did you catch Live Tour's finest Taylor Gooch's comments regarding Augusta? He said this year there's going to be an asterisk next to the Augusta win if Rory takes it home because there's not all Live players playing, including himself. I believe Live is sending somewhere around 12 players. Gooch didn't make the cut in terms of the world golf rankings, eligible to play on uh, at Augusta. So I just thought that was f- so funny. Like, what a donkey, man. What do you mean there's an asterisk? You're not – you're Taylor Gooch. You're not Dustin <laughs> Snow Johnson. You're not Brooks Furta Kepka. Like, you're Taylor Gooch, bro. Just be happy with whatever Liv paid you, which was way too much, to play on that tour and collect your mm-hmm. sheet and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would agree with them if they kept all live players out of there, but yeah. the live players that you want at the masters are going to be there. So it's like, right. there's no, I don't think there's any asterisk there at all because they're all going to be there. The ones that are at live that aren't going to be there. It's like, I don't think anyone really knows their name anyways. hundred percent. It's like, do you think Patty Perez leaving him out? No offense to Pat Perez, good golfer dated a stripper, was married to a stripper, respect, <laughs> loves Jordan Brand, love that too. But he is not moving the needle at Augusta. And Naylor no. is Taylor Gooch. Like, just go clean your Gooch, sit this weekend out. You don't need to make headlines. You're not that good of a stick to this point. Now, hey, maybe maybe you have the miracle round of your life and you win. Because, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are pro golfers. But it's like, brother, you know, you're looking at the Vegas odds, and if he was playing in that tournament, fella, you'd be like plus 50,000. Mm-hmm. So just just relax, take your sheet, and uh, just be thankful Dustin Johnson included you on his team with the Aces <laughs> over there and got you about 50 bananas that you never would have got. So I just thought that was funny. Azo, we're going to move over to the ice. Before we do, I just want to give stick taps to the actor who famously played Ralph Cox, Coxie in Miracle. Kenneth Mitchell, fella, passed away this past Saturday. At the age of 49, he had a five-year bout with ALS. I mean, Ralph Cox, for the limited game film he got in the movie Miracle that dropped in 2004, he had some all-time quotes in that movie. Legendary. I think our favorite, it goes without saying, would be when Jack O'Callaghan was talking to him at the bar during the pre-camp and pre-Olympic kind of deal with Herbie Brooks was, let me ask you something, Coxie. Why would you want to play college hockey? And he just goes, isn't it obvious? For the girls, like watching that 2004, a 10 year old Jay Swish, a nine year old Jay Swish, even up to the age of like 17, Azo. I swear to God, man, I think it's probably the same for you. That made me want to go the college row. It was ingrained in my head. I'm like, fuck, all the birds. They that's why I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, like right? that's why I wanted to go. When I mean, I I liked girls when I was a kid, and that's that is why I was so fired up to go to college. Now, obviously, playing college hockey is awesome, but yeah, go for the girls, man. It's it's well, yeah, it's, it's the like, best, especially as a kid from Wisconsin, and maybe a little different with you playing high school hockey. You ended up at the program, but making that decision to go play junior hockey or go play like in the Ontario hockey league, which I was drafted in. That was Mm -hmm. always in the back of my mind. I'm like, 
I mean, Coxie said it. Like, isn't it obvious <laughs> for the girls? Like, and I wasn't some huge wheel. Like, I was very focused on yeah. playing hockey. That was my number one thing. Girls here and there never really had a girlfriend in high school, but at the end of the day, you know, you need a little trim. And I just thought from everything that I ever heard about college hockey, it always added up back to that. It's like student section, unbelievable time, parties, and the skunks. It's like, isn't it obvious yeah. for the girls? Like, why yeah. else do I go? It's- and, and, and I mean, I it was it, it was that was part of a, a recruiting tactic to a lot of places I visited. All the coaches brought it up, like, hey. You know, all the girls like the boys on the team here. You know, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna like it, and I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, that's a good sell. It's a good selling point. It's crazy too, UND. Like you never think it. Like sneaky, sneaky trim, man. Really yeah. good girls. I grew up there too. I I never I never I always thought like you know what if you go to UND and Grand Forks you're kind of sacrificing yes. some of that stuff. Some maybe that you know obviously the Gophers have hot girls there and maybe Wisconsin Badgers and it's like it's tough to compete with them. But I I still remember when I talked to I'm not gonna <laughs> when I talked to the coaches at North Dakota I was like they're like hey like no like it's pretty good here like yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. and they and, and it is it's it's yeah. it's it's crazy it doesn't make sense but they are there and, and i would say i would put und girls up against a lot of other colleges especially bank for your buck i mean a lot of blondes yeah. and a lot of girls like okay you might not get the rocket sorority sisters at let's say wisco that are coming up from chicago but these girls also I mean, they got a strong chin. Like they, they're battling through a Grand Fork uh-huh. winter, and they're usually beauties that like to get yeah. after it. And they're not as high maintenance as some of these other ladies that are growing up in Northbrook or Winnetka. Like these gals are, they can, they might be from Grand Rapids, but hey, they, they there's their personality there that's flowing. Sure. So yeah, <laughs> shout out to UND girls. Uh, we'll we'll get going on that, but it's uh, a couple thirty year olds over here talking about college chicks. But anyways, folks, going over. Staying with college, going over to our segment we implemented last week, Take and Bake, Azo, college hockey fights. Actually, brother of Griffin Ness, Tucker Ness, was involved in a college hockey fight this past weekend. ASU was up visiting the Alaska Fairbanks Nanooks. He chucked them both ways with Dawson Runsky. They came out of the box. They looked like they you know, prearranged that in the box to go out and fight. I thought it was awesome. I don't know if we'll ever be able to see it, you know, as a real thing, but we need to have college hockey have fighting or at least be an option because that was awesome to see. And you come from junior leagues, you can chuck them. You play in hockey, you can chuck them. Why is there that pause for college hockey where, hey, maybe it's just a one game suspension if you fight or you get suspended from that game and the next game, whatever it is. Don't make it the whole season for these kids because I just think that's such a lost art. I don't know how it really boils down with the insurance and all that bullshit in terms of universities, but how cool was that to see, brother? Just touch on that. It was unbelievable. That, I mean, fighting in college hockey was part of the reason why I used to love going to UND games when I was a kid. You know, you had guys like Ryland Kipe and Mike Perpick um, dropping the mitts almost every weekend, firing up the crowd, just dummying a guy. And... Yeah, I mean, it's it. I don't know, Jordan. Like, there, there's the excuse, like, oh, there's insurance reasons, compliance, whatever. Like, there's they're trying to be safe or whatever. They're trying to avoid being sued. But it's like, you know what? 
doesn't the NCAA have a team of lawyers that can write up a contract for us players to sign before we play? And it's like, hey, if, you, if we get injured fighting, you know, it's on us or whatever. We'd all sign it because I I know that like playing, you know, playing college, playing hockey in general, like when you get to juniors, the the ability to to fight someone, to have that option is actually nice. Now, sometimes it sucks because you're like, ah, oh, this guy's going to kill me or whatever. But in college, like in junior hockey, you get pissed off. You're having a bad game or whatever. You can take your anger out on some other guy who's taking runs at guys. You know, like you can fight him and you can kind of get that out of your system. And you can do that in pro. When you're in college, you got a guy beaking you all night, slashing you in the back of the knee or something, maybe giving you one to the nuts. It's like, I should have the option to drop the gloves and feed this guy right now. And you just don't. And it sucks. And I mean, how much would the students love it if you were able to fight? Like, think if, think if you had just a fucking enforcer on your team and you're, st- I mean, you're selling out that stadium every night. Cause they're like, our, our, our boys going this guy and he's going to kill him. Like it'd be unbelievable. hundred percent. I mean, I just think if you can do it at the junior level, there, there's gotta be a way to implement it at the college level where you have to sign something, there's a waiver, insurance. I don't know. I mean, these universities have more money than a USHL team. How can you not figure out how to it doesn't make work sense. the system and have these guys at least have the option? Okay, if you don't want to wear the half shields, that's fine. But have the option of there, okay, there might be a little bit more consequence than what it is at the junior level or at the pro ranks where it's just a five-minute penalty. Maybe it's a game misconduct. Maybe it's two. But – I think that should be – you should be able to chuck yeah. them both ways. Why not? Because that is a part of hockey. There shouldn't just be this little break in there. And you wouldn't even see that many fights in college anymore. But, like, no. just – it would take out the bad hits. You see all these head hits in college hockey now. You see these guys coming across the middle, blowing a guy up. A lot of times these kids, their heads are down like three or four seconds. Well, now, okay, you get blown up by a guy. Well, maybe, you know, he backs up his teammate, and now you don't have that hit. The game always polices itself. So I just think, I don't know, I, I thought it was awesome. Will we ever see it? Probably not, but awesome. I, I just think, like, it was cool to see, and I, I'm glad those guys and, you know, Tucker Ness was able to to get one in there because, like you said, watching college hockey growing up, the Perpics, the Kipes, even a guy yeah. like, you know, back in the day with uh, I'm trying to think of against Wisconsin, who got absolutely fed by Matt Green. Oh, it was uh, it was Matt Green on Alex Brooks, I believe, back in the day, who just got piss pumped. Brooksy, friend of the show, actually, he's the head scout for the Chicago Blackhawks. So, yeah, I just think like there should be that option, and it was cool to see. And staying on that topic of, of fighting and throwing both ways, Oz, we're going to move over to the National Hockey League here, and I just wanted to get your take on this and just ask you a few things. Regarding Matt Rempe, the, the kid, the the Jeremy Linsanity sensation, if you will, out of New York City. I mean, he's the he's the one hit wonder right now. He's the the biggest thing since sliced bread in New York City. I just was curious. I mean, this guy's fighting almost every night. He's played five or six games. His face just looked at, like it went through the meat grinder. If you're Peter Labulette, do you pull this kid aside and just say, "Hey, buddy, like we don't need you fighting every night." I mean, your face is absolutely mangled. You went Nick Delorier, and then less than twenty four hours later. He had to fight that Matthew Oliver, who was an absolute nail gun. I played against this kid in Milwaukee. He's a strong Quebec kid. He's built like a UFC fighter. He's built like a mm-hmm. cigarette machine. Do you just say something to him like, hey, bro, like y- you don't need to fight every game. And longevity speaking, you need to learn how to fight a little bit because you don't need to wear 30 off your chin. I mean, you're 6'8". You got the longest reach in the league. Like He got hit with so many rights, he was begging for the left the other night. 
Yeah, I know. He he just, you know, I I know when when you get in a fight in hockey, like you could tell when he fought Delorier, Jordo, he he had just all the all the adrenaline in the world. He was fresh. He's like, you know, I'm gonna go punch for punch with this guy, and then he fights Olivier on uh, on Columbus, and you can tell it was one of those fights. If you get in one, if you get into one of these fights, you just want it to end so quick because you don't have. He didn't have the adrenaline, and it looked like he almost kind of didn't want to be in it. But he didn't like kind of hold seatbelt and try to just stay away. He's still chucking. And it's like, dude, you you gotta just seatbelt and like just hold the guy off for a bit. You know, throw one or two and then go down. But yeah, he just, I mean, someone's gotta tell him like, hey, dude, you, you know, you, you gotta slow down. And now it's it's just such a tough it's a tough job once you get in that position. Like we talked to Patty Maroon, right? And he's like, yeah, once I started fighting, you know, you get challenged every night. And you kind of gotta, you gotta answer the bell. Um, that just gotta be a, such a tough job. And I, I just think like he's gotta know. Like I know he's a 21 year old kid. He obviously wants to stick. And it's like, and and people are like, you know, this is not fair to do to a 21 year old. Matt Rempe, if if you take fighting out of the game, Matt Rempe is not in the National Hockey League. I don't think no. he's playing. He's never getting a game in the National Hockey League. Now he's playing the Madison Square Garden. He's in the National. He said it's like, you know, he's living the dream right now. It's like he doesn't get that opportunity if there's no fighting in hockey. So there is a little bit of a good side to this thing because he's getting that opportunity. He's getting a good check. You know, what else What else do you want? You know, there's certain guys who are willing to do it, and they're willing to sacrifice themselves to play in the national because that's what they want to do. Here's the deal, Jordo. Not everyone has to fight. No one's forced out there to fight anyone. It's no. You have to agree to it. You have to drop your gloves and you have to agree to it. So it's like he's not forced to do it. So if you're willing to do it, kudos to you, man. 100%. I just think you make a great point there. If Matt Rempe... If fighting isn't in the game, he might be working on the power lines up in Alberta. Yeah. Working a fucking blue collar job with the steel toe boots on. Now he's a guy that could make, you know, upwards of $1.2, $1.5 million on his next deal. Maybe if he adds a little bit to his bag in terms of becomes a player, well, now that value goes up and you got to pick your spots when to fight. And I just think like he needs a lesson, whether it's from a guy like John Scott, mm -hmm. who's a bigger player, whether it's a guy like Stu Bickle bringing the criminal element, former Ranger. He needs to learn like, when you're 6'8", you shouldn't be wearing that many punches. No. Like, tuck your goddamn chin, use your reach, and realize you don't have to go shot for shot with a guy where your, like, chin is over the top of your your own skates, right? That's like, buddy. These guys shouldn't even be able to reach him. No, sit back in the pocket. I know nothing about fighting, but I know enough to have – I've been on the ice with enough good fighters where the good guys, they don't get hit that many times. I mean, Ozzy, this guy has probably got hit in the face – 35 times in five fights. It's like, what is, buddy, that's not that longevity wise. I mean, your face is going to look like the inside of a catcher's mitt since, since like 1942. You got Mickey Mantle's catcher's mitt on. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, Come on. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just, I just think he needs a little bit of fine tuning. But I, like you said, a, a guy willing to answer the bell, it's, you know, that takes a set of moose knuckles. So, Azo moving over, moving over west. Moving over to the Windy City, what a night Sunday was in my favorite building, my friend. My favorite building in the National Hockey League, the United Center, from Chelly rolling up to the podium with his mom and the old-school caddy to his former teammates being there like Denny Savard, J.R. Roenick, Gary Suter, who also he played at the University of Wisconsin with. But, I mean, that whole building was just stocked with A-list celebrities. Like, 
Chelly, if there's one thing we know, he's a fucking rock star and he brings the boys together. Like that guy must be so fertile. And we know they all stories throughout the years, but I mean, if you look at some of the names, he had Dennis Rodman fly in. He had Kid Rock there. He had Eddie Vedder performing at the Aftershaker. Gretzky was there. Ty Domi. I mean, even that video MJ sent live from the course. How funny was that video, too? He's like, hey, it's Michael Jordan. Yeah, no shit. You're black Jesus. <laughs> what, what, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. You're MJ. You don't have to announce yourself, man. No. We all know. No, we all know. <laughs> I don't, you don't. You can just send the logo in. We know who you are, Jumpman. So that was just unbelievable. I mean, imagine that party, though, after for Chelly. I mean, what a shaker with Eddie Vedder playing. You got Kid Rock there. Like, what do you think was going on there? Like, home, check your phone at the door, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see him enter the ice, too? He drove. I think he drove like a Lincoln Continental on the ice or something yeah. with his mom or something. Yeah, it was that, that was nails. That was so nails. And just, I mean, that tan, that can't be stock, right? That's not a stock tan from Chelly. No. No, that's unbelievable stuff. How does he get his skin to look like that? I don't know, but it's unbelievable. He looked mint. He was in the Johnny Cash black on black suit. So nails. I would have given a fuck. I don't know. I would have given a nut. I would have given my one nut to be there just partying with those boys. But <laughs> yeah. there's one just a last little bit on Shelly. I mean, unbelievable career. Jersey's in the rafters, number seven. He'll probably, you know, like he said, he alluded to Patty Kane being the best American born player of all time. I think he just confirmed that. But it was just so cool to see. But one of the spots that Chelly, when he was playing there, Ozzy, that he used to hit was this. It's called the Red Square Russian Sauna. So it's a place off of Division Street in Chicago. It's like 1.5 miles north of the West Loop, actually where my sister lives. And it's like kind of like West, West Town, Wicker Park, but it is a Russian sauna club that has sauna, then it has Russian sauna, then it has the cold tub. And they're all and one time, Azo, if we're ever in Chicago together, I've been to this place probably a handful of times. It was Chelly's spot. You go down, you get in there, you walk down to the basement, and they have all the like the, the spa area. But this cold tub, I mean, you might need an auger some days to get in that thing because it is the coldest cold tub really? I've ever been. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so cold. I think that thing's hovering at like 32.5, like just barely above freezing. Like you get out of that Russian sauna, they, they give you the hats too. Cause like you go in that Russian sauna, that thing could knock you out. It's like a gas chamber. Then you oh, take yeah. that off and you're, you know, you're, you're naked or you can go with boxers on and you go into the cold tub and th- your balls, they just come right up to your chin. It's the coldest oh, yeah. tub I've ever been. It's insane. How long it- can you sit in that thing for? I usually go 30 seconds when I go, and this place is so old school, Azo. Like, just in the middle of, because it's all boys, just in the middle of like this sauna club, like down below, is a Russian guy. And if you want to get rubbed down by him, they'll do like massages, they'll do whatever. But before they would give a guy a massage, and it's right in the open, they scrub you down. So they, you know, they kind of have like a, a squeegee, they scrub you down with some soap, dust you off a little bit. But you're just right in the middle of all the people, like naked. Like so you're you're going from the sauna to the steamer, and you got a guy laying on his back with his bush out, wrench out, and he's getting scrubbed down by this old Polish or Russian guy. It's just so old school, it's hilarious. <laughs> That's all time. I love those places. I I actually looked for a place like that in Minneapolis. Don't have one. I saw they've got a couple in Chicago like that, like a spa. Because yeah. I wanted to I wanted to, you know, do the the old uh the hot cold combo there yep. it's such a good feeling like you feel like a new man after you get out of those places oh it's unbelievable and there's pictures of Chelly and like a bunch of you know famous people all in that spot so if you're ever in chi town 
and you like Chelly, go hit the Red Square Russian Sauna Club. Unbelievable. Just off of Division Street. Ozzo, staying at the UC, though. Petty Showtime Kane, fella. Talk me through that game winner. I mean, is people say the NFL scripted. Is the NHL scripted? I mean, what a finish. How does that happen? It always... The storylines write themselves like it's just like destiny for guys like that. Like Patty, Patty Kane, I mean, he is known to be Showtime. He shows up like if you're a Chicago fan, this is a guy who showed up every night in the at the biggest stages, at the biggest moments, every single time. He's Showtime. And he scores that goal, and that fucking place erupted like, like he just scored an overtime winner like he was playing for the Hawks. Did you see that? I mean, it erupted. It was unbelievable. I mean, the way he just tucked that so hard over the glove of Pistol Pete Morazic was unbelievable. I mean, you knew once he got that B-way, and people were like, he's cherry-picking. He's like, no, he's not. He's just got way better anticipation than all the other five guys on the ice. He gets that pass from Debrinket, and you just knew. You knew it was going in. You knew he was going to find a way where he was going to slow it down and kind of do his shootout special where he just – it throws like nine head fakes in there and just tucks it. But he decides to go to the glove. He just throws it right over the glove of Pistol Pete Morazic and then like shoes Jakey Wallman right out of the way. Like Jake Wallman was coming in to like hug him, almost like grab him. He says, uh-uh, fella, not now. Yeah, yeah. This is my house. This is the yeah. madhouse. Goes right to the glass, gives it to Showtime Selly, and he's he's yelling at the fans, Showtime, baby, Showtime. <laughs> like, how sick is that? I mean, what a fucking nail gun that guy is, man. Oh, man, that was unbelievable. 30 points, I think, in, what, 28 games yep. coming off of a hip surgery. I mean, this guy's all-time, man, and he is the best American of all time. Um yeah, it's 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 unbelievable to say we've we've gotten to watch this guy's whole career. He's just he's he's all time, man. It's the definition of all time. He's it's showtime. I mean, like Chelly said, he's the, he, I think he just confirmed for everyone. He's the greatest American player to ever play. And just those those cup runs. I mean, I remember it was after their first one they won and he came up to the podium and he's like, you know, to all the cab drivers out there, I love you, you know. <laughs> it's like after he got in that incident, it's like, oh my god, this guy with the mullet, he had the racing yeah. stripes on it. Like he was my favorite player from that era, Ozzy, of, of 2010 sure. or 2009 to 2020, whatever it was, that run they went on, especially when they won three and five years or six years playing for the mission growing up. I mean, I mean, the guy is just he's unbelievable. I mean, it's showtime. It's just crazy. Like Nick had a chance to play on his line. Like, I always think of like I know being able to play with Artemi Panarin and Patty Kane. Like that's that's pretty cool. So Azo going over to the people's insider portion, staying with the big D, that is Dallas and defensemen. Hearing Dallas, the stars are the front runners to acquire right shot defenseman from the Calgary Flames, Chris Tanev. Now the asking price for the trio of these three defensemen, I'll even throw Savard's name on David Savard from the Montreal Canadiens are all first-round picks. So Tanev, Calgary, they want a first-round pick. Arizona with Matt Dumba, they want a first-round pick. Sean Walker from Philly, they want a first-round pick. And again, with Savard, now I'm hearing with the Montreal Canadiens, they're not looking to move them, but for the right price, they would. So it's just, I think at this point, Tanev will end up in Dallas. Now, don't quote me on that unless another you know deal a GM comes in and offers more. I think right now with Jim Neal, he's just surveying the market. He doesn't want to commit too much to what he's going to get in return. I think if you do a deal like that, you end up sliding over a first-round pick and committing that. Now, that sets the market for all these other guys. Now, I don't think, and this is no disrespect to the other guys, 
Dumbo, Walker, and Savard. I don't think they're in that same category as Tanov, but I do think it sets the market for GM. So no one's willing to budge yet. The market hasn't been set on that. Another guy I'm looking at is Pavel Buchnevich. I think he's going to end up in Vegas. I think the Russian winger, it makes a lot of sense, especially at his cap hit, the way he can play. Last year, coming over from St. Louis, as you know, was a guy like Ivan Barbashev, a left winger. Kelly McCrimmon went and got a Russian left winger from St. Louis. So if he can get him, I think he is probably his number one target. If not, maybe a reunion perhaps with Riley Smith, but I think he's really trying to go after Pavel Buznevich. Gensel to Detroit, this is one that Stevie Y, I'm interested because it makes sense looking at their depth chart, but I don't know if they're going to be able to make it happen just because Stevie Y doesn't love long-term deals. Seven, eight-year deal, Gensel's going to command. That's what he's going to want, especially if he gets out of Pittsburgh. If you look at the previous deals that Stevie Y has signed, the recent tickets, this Rasmussen got a three- or four-year deal. Debrinkit, even he only got a four-year deal. Justin Hall, three years. Comfer, five years. Cop, five years. So Gensel will be 29, 30 years old. I just don't know if Stevie Y is willing to commit that long for a player. He doesn't love these long-term deals, but maybe for a guy like Gensel, maybe to get him. I mean, Detroit looks right now, they look like they're no joke, especially mm-hmm. the way Showtime's going. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. On a depth position out of Man Jose, California, Another name I'm hearing is Luke Coonan is available, former Wisconsin winger and center iceman. So he comes at a cap pit about two and a hook last year on his deal. So that is the people's insider portion over here, Ozzo, what I'm hearing around the league. Tanov, I think, will end up in Dallas unless someone comes and swoops him. I still think it's the Wild West out there. I think they're going to go with their best available deal in terms of Craig Conroy pulling that plug on that one. And then Pavel Buchnevich. Gensel, maybe to Detroit, and then Luke Kunin. So those are some names that are popping up in and around me, but that will do it for the People's Insider. Azo, going over to one-hitters with you, we have a race like no other, my friend, that involves a three-headed horse with Kucherov, McKinnon, and 34. If you're picking one guy right now to win the Hart Trophy, I know you, I asked you the other week, does Matthews get 70 goals? Does he win the Hart Trophy? But if you're just looking at it with 20 games to play, I mean, Kucherov, unbelievable. Nate Dog, unbelievable. 34, how could you argue? Out of those three, if you're sitting here on February the 27th or 28th, whatever it is, who wins the Hart Trophy, man? Yeah, I think... If I'm looking at it right now, I know I just don't see them giving it to Kucherov on on Tampa right now. I I think it would be Nate Dog, um, and I think you know he's an explosive player. I think if you watch him, I know I know Kucherov gets all those points, but I feel like Nate Dog does a little. He does a little more in terms of um, the full sheet of the ice, in terms you know defense, offense, everything. I think that's who would probably be the favorite right now. Um, I'm not writing off. I mean, McDavid's he's he's third in points right now. I don't think he scored a goal in nine or ten games. He's on a little bit of a drought. He's still up there. Um, so I would not be surprised to see him win it at all. But if I'm if I'm a betting man right now, I'm going Nathan McKinnon. I like it. Do the Winnipeg Jets stay in Winnipeg? 30, their ticket sales are down 30% this year. The chairman and CEO owner, Mark Chipman, came out and said, well, 
we got to figure this out because right now it's it's a little hairy in Winnipeg. Do you believe they'll be able to figure it out? Gary Bruce Bettman is in Winnipeg this week. Azo, what do we feel about this situation north of the Forks? I think they're gone, man. Um, they have to be, and that's this is the reason why they left Winnipeg. I think the first time they did. Um, I mean, Winnipeg's it, it does make it does make sense to me because I've been to Winnipeg. But if you're looking at their team, their first place, their first place in the in the Central Division, the Western Conference, they're having a good season. They have good players. There's no reason why they shouldn't have season ticket holders. Why that that would be going down? They've been a good organization ever since they've been in Winnipeg. They, I don't think they've ever really taken a you know had a terrible year or anything. So there's no reason like that. It's just. I've been to the downtown Winnipeg, man. There's there's nothing down there. It is, and and this is nothing against the peg and people who live there. I'm sure it's you know they enjoy living there. It's I'm sure the people there are great, but downtown Winnipeg, it's got to be one of the worst downtowns there is out of a city that size. I don't think you can find a worse one, and that's got to be one of the biggest reasons. Like I know these, you know those. The, the, the corporate companies and all that who are in these downtowns, they buy a lot of the season tickets for, you know, clients or whatever. They just don't have that in Winnipeg. And there's literally nothing to do there. And it's it's a dump, too. It's a, it does There's no cool buildings. There's, there's really no, you know, cool spots to go. It's kind of dumpy. It's it's trashy a little bit. There's a lot of homeless people walking around, which doesn't make sense to me. I mean, why, if you're homeless, just fucking start trekking down to LA like get down to the warmth I don't know what you're doing up there but that's got to be the reason I mean that downtown is just such a dump I don't know if they've done anything to it in the past 50 to 100 years no and you touch on the homeless people bro they have the toughest homeless people in the world there it's yeah. crazy those guys they live outside I remember I was walking a morning skate one time I was leaving the Delta Hotel the teams either stay at the Delta or the Fairmont there's no nice hotels in Winnipeg and I remember going from the Delta and I wasn't going to take the skyways or you can kind of walk there under underground as well. And I went outside just because, you know, once that Winnipeg air hits, you you wake up. You maybe had a couple at Earl's on Main the night before. And I'm going through going into the rink and by the rink, there's a Boston pizza and then there's a, you know, the shark club and there's all these like it's like a little mall. So you enter that way right by Boston pizza and I'm walking in to this area where we're going to enter in to go to the back in the day it was the MTS center. I think it's like the Canadian tire center or something mm -hmm. like that now. And I'm walking in and it's like eight in the morning and I'm walking. I passed Tim Hortons. I'm like, Oh fuck, I'll, I'll get a coffee. So I stop and get a Timmy Ho's coffee. It's better than the Folgers you get at the rink. I'm waiting in line. And this guy comes up to you, this homeless guy. He goes, Hey man, what time does Liquor Mart open? I'm like, fella, I don't know what time Liquor Mart opened, <laughs> but she ain't open yet. It's fucking eight in the morning, baby. So you got to stay with it. So toughest homeless people in, well, I would say By North far. America are in Winnipeg. Also, moving on to the third question, over under amount of beers you have in Big Sky this weekend, I had your line set at 29 and a half. Yeah, that's probably, I mean, if you're considering Thursday, because I am headed out on Thursday, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, that's an average of, you know, 10 Thursday, 10 Friday, 10 Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I did just, uh, I had a pretty eventful weekend this past one, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't see any reason why I won't hit that 30 mark. Okay. So we'll check in <laughs> with that 30 burger over the three day stretch next week. I'll make note of that. Brock Besser to hit the 40 
five goal marker. He has 34 with 21 games to play. So you would need 11 tucks in the next 21. That's a 0.5 per every other game. Basically, he would need a goal. Does our boy best get to 45? That'd be a hell of a number for him. Oh, unbelievable number. What do you think that's going to do to his next contract, too, if Ooh. he does that? Um, I'm just going to go over. Actually, I'm going to I'm gonna challenge Bess and go under again. You won't fucking do it, Bess. There's no chance. I like it. Last one here, Ozzo. Will the Coyotes' losing streak come to an end on this road trip? They haven't won a game in 13. That is 0-11-2, I believe, on the math. They got Toronto tomorrow night. Ottawa on on Friday and Washington, I believe, on Sunday. So it, it ain't perfect right now in the desert. How does that <laughs> – I think you're going through one of those times where whenever you go through one of those skids, everything is going against you, right? Like you, you, you play games you should win. The other team ends up winning them somehow. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to win one on this road trip. What happens? What happened? Like, what do you, how, how do you explain what happened to them? You're, they're playing well at the start. Do they just kind of realize like, fuck, we're not going, we're not really, we're not, we're not that good to make playoffs. So then did you, you kind of lose hope a little bit? Um, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I just think you need to like, look at it from like a holistic and realistic approach. It's like, Think about it with any business, Ozzy, with many movers. I mean, you kind of get out of it what you put into it. So if you only put $53 million into it, when you're allowed to spend up to $83 million, now we're $30 million short. So at some point, what our investments are, are probably not going to hit to a point where where we think they can be. I mean, your return on investment is not going to be that, right? You, you, at some point, you <laughs> yeah. need to spend real dollars in real players, and now you have a couple injuries. Now you get a guys out of the lineup. Now you get really thin. Now we're calling up American Hockey League guys. We're playing guys that are probably a five, six, seven defenseman. Now they're playing inside the top four. So it's just a trickle-down effect of when that hits, it, it gets really thin, and I think you have to have a – a holistic and realistic approach of what you're dealing with. And I think they were probably playing way above their skis. They were getting unbelievable goaltending. And before, like they had that mullet magic stretch of like probably 10 games where they were down three or four goals, maybe even going into the third period and somehow came back and won these games. So it's like, I think it's just reality striking a little bit here, brother. And you know how it is. It, it always evens out and you get what you pay for. So I think that's what's going yeah. on right now. And, Fella, I'm watching this team, and I like these guys. I love their squad. I love the organization, obviously, being here, but it's ugly. It is coyote ugly right now. So, And there's no light at the end of the tunnel, is there? It, no. it, it seems like it's still so far away. It's It sucks because I want them to stay in, in Phoenix. I think that's – it's just way cooler to have a team in Arizona than, you know, nothing against Salt Lake City. I live there, but – I don't. Yep. I don't really want those Salt Lake City people to get a hockey team. They're not hockey people. They like hiking around the mountains and right. mountain biking and you know whatever sightseeing and stuff. It's like those people. And even if they do fill a building, they're not going to be loud. You know, they're all Mormons. No. Like they're not like that. They're not going to no, be it, boozing. No, you're definitely not getting the people straight from the wet deck like you could here, right? Especially yeah. if you had a new arena. Azo, going over to your nail gun of the week who'd you have for that fella fella 
Yeah, I mean, we already talked about him, um, but I had to shout out Patty Kane. He's my nail yep. gun of the week. That guy is just all time. He's the biggest nail gun ever. Best American hockey player. Um, I had him circled, and I had you know what? I had Chelly circled as well. I love those that. Two, those two guys are just so cool. Um, it, it's just impossible to be that cool. And Kaner is like one of the, you know, there's there's very few hockey players who have the swag that NBA players do, and Kaner's one yep. of them. Yeah, he doesn't even have to try either with no. it. And that's what's you know, cool about him. A story I heard through the grapevine too was, so Chelios back in 2009 was offered to come back to Chicago to play his last year as like a 47 or 48-year-old, the year he played those games in Atlanta. Yeah. And they offered him to come back to Chicago and kind of be like the the older veteran of that team. And and maybe it was even a couple of years before that when he was still playing in Detroit and playing well. And he said, you know what? I don't want to be a part of that. That's their guys' run. I had my time. I don't want to be overshadowing them. I don't want to be a distraction. That's their team. I don't deserve or I shouldn't be a part of that. Like, how cool is that, man? Like, that's just a classy nail gun. Like, you know, it's just like stories like that. And there's a reason why all those people showed up for Chelly. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. he's he's unbelievable. He's one of those guys when you see him in person to me, like, he just doesn't look real, especially with that fucking tan. It's like, I know. You know, like I get starstruck every time I see him. So that is, uh, that's cool. That's nails. My nail gun of the week. It's a, uh, it's a less serious note. It's funny. I don't know if you caught Johnny Manziel on club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp. He was talking about his time in Cleveland, the one off season, he lost 40 pounds and <laughs> he was weighing in at Cleveland that year at 210. He came back at 170 and Shannon's like, how, how you lose 40 pounds? He goes, Steady diet of blow. It's just like, oh my God. <laughs> Johnny Furda on the white, like holy slopes. Like this guy, football is all time. Like, not that I'm <laughs> yeah. saying you should be going out there and snowing, but like, what an off the screws type of character. Like, just so honest. Like, so that's what I had for my nail gun of the week. I like that. My celly of the week was it's it's hard to argue. We talked about it. It was just showtime. I mean, shushing Wallman away, saying, mm-hmm. Hey, buddy, get out of here. This is my rank. This is my madhouse. Showtime, baby. Get the fans going. They loved it. So what'd you have for your celly of the week, Ozzo? I had uh it's actually on a spit and chicklets uh Instagram page. They they posted this guy, this big boy coming coming behind the net and blowing up a guy behind the net, and he blows him up mid-play and he pulls out the LeBron silencer. You know, like the pushes down on the knees and holsters the guns. It was unbelievable mid-play on the ice after a, he just buries a guy. No goal, nothing. Just buries a guy and sellies. Unbelievable. Like, who what sellies after a hit? I, I don't know what league it was. Like, if it was a junior league or something or, like, senior league. But I never thought about that. I should have done that. Selly after a hit. Just go down, the, go down the ice and drop to a knee and swipe the ice after a huge hit. That'd be so nails. <laughs> all time what that is a crazy play that is so sick you selling after hits that's like the guy selling so hard it's like scraping ice after a second apple comparable oh yeah 100 guys should start they should start selling hits like they're a defensive lineman you know gilbert brown the grave digger jared allen yeah i like that the old lasso azo as always brother tape to tape with you enjoy big sky this weekend my friend we're gonna check back in Number one, I want to see the jersey you're wearing. Don't tell me. And then I want to get a beer count after the weekend. But, bro, always good going D to D with you in the pre-show. 
Mikey Grinelli up next. Folks, that was the pre-show as we always do. Live in five here. Episode number 26. Fella. Now introducing. From the lobster-littered harbors of South Boston, this guy grew up inhaling chicken parm with a side of vodka sauce. The pride of Plymouth State University and producer of the number one hockey podcast in all of the land. Standing at a five feet, nine inches, and tipping the scale at an undisclosed weight. Folks, please welcome... Mike G Baby Grinnell to the Live and Five podcast. G, how we doing, baby? I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome, boys. Actually, to be honest with you, I'm I'm suffering from the Forks flu a little bit here. Actually, yep. I'm feeling pretty sick. Just spent the past weekend in Grand Forks, but uh, I'm happy to be on with you guys. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, no, we appreciate you for joining us. Obviously, two Sioux alumni here, North Dakota guys. G, I wanted to start at the top. Just what were your first initial impressions of the Ralph? Life in Grand Forks. I tweeted at you before you got down boots on the ground in Grand Forks. It's a long way from Hoboken, homie. So take me through just your time in Grand Forks, the Ralph, obviously, and just getting a tour of the town. Yeah, so we got in uh, Thursday. I'd say Thursday around noonish, and uh, right away, airport. What is there? Like two gates. Two You're gates. Like, yep. Where the fuck am I? But uh, <laughs> Uber right over to the hotel. Uh, lucky enough, we're staying at the Expressway Inn. Okay. Just an amazing $40 a night hotel. Uh, blood all over the towels when we arrive. Beds weren't made. No. So just, what, just what you want when you when you get to Grand Forks, North Dakota. Is a goddamn a little, crime scene. Oh, it, it was it was insane. Um, but nonetheless, we make it over to the Ralph and... Holy shit, boys. This was uh, everything it's cracked up to be. So we did a tour with uh, Louis Jamernick V. Just okay. an absolute, just a beauty, just a perfect guy to represent North Dakota, I think. Just so respectable. 4.0 GPA. I thought the thing that uh, interested me most was the fact that he's a commercial aviation major. And then we get into talking about how North Dakota is like, it's it's a great school for that. And all like the kind of crazy majors that North Dakota has there. But I mean, the back to the Ralph, like the recovery room, um, just like the shooting room, like everything that you guys had, the weight room is fucking huge. Uh, it's, it's insane. And then like, that's just like the facilities that you guys have. Then like the fan experience is, is a whole nother ball game as well. Like just the marble floors, right. When you walk in, you're just hit with that smell of the beautiful, Beautiful smell in almonds, which is the best almonds I've ever had in my entire life. It's just uh, like the fact that they have those luxury boxes and they have the two big, big uh, suites at both ends of the ice. Like it's just it's it's the holy grail of college hockey. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, G, in terms of just arenas you've been to NHL, college, even maybe some. I don't know if you've been overseas. That is it the number one overall seed consensus? I mean, for me, it is. I, I played at T-Mobile. I've been to the new Edmonton rink. I've played there. But I, the Taj Mahal of hockey, a.k.a. the Palace of Pain, just head to toe, fan experience to player. I don't think there's anything like it. It's it's amazing. Even as guys that played there, we go back. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, we played here? This is unbelievable. Yeah, I can't really talk on, like, the player experience. Like, you guys could at, like, T-Mobile and, and Little Caesars. I know Little Caesars is an yep. unreal barn. The new Edmonton rink. Like, I've, I've got to experience all those places as a fan. And as a fan... 
the Ralph still takes the cake, boys. It's like this just I, I was talking to an Uber driver who was from like Senegal or something who just moved there like a few weeks earlier. And I was like, man, like he's like, why? Why did you come here? Like, why? Why are you like, why are you in Grand Forks? Like, you're, you're you live in New York. Why would you ever come here? And I'm like, man, the passion, like right when you get off the plane, it's it's North Dakota hockey gear everywhere. And just how how passionate these people are about college hockey. And I kept the whole time I was there. I kept saying, I feel like I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, just in the sense of like. North Dakota, the town of Grand Forks revolves around two things, boozing and college hockey. Yeah, Tuscaloosa is boozing in college football, and both of them fucking win. You know, North Dakota is like the upper echelon college hockey program, just like Alabama is. Yeah, it's it's an it's an incredible place. I don't know how they how they've kept that place so clean because it's what is it, Jordo? It's like twenty four years old now, and it looks yeah. brand new when you walk in there. You're like, did they just build this last year? Man, that was the craziest part to me, I think, was I think I don't know if it was halfway through the tour or it might have been right at the beginning where they're just like, hey, yeah, you know, this was built like 25 years ago. Right. And I'm like, no fucking way. And they're like, yeah, man, it was built 25 years ago. And I mean, what a system that they have going there in North Dakota, like the whole, the way like the Ralph pays for things and the, and the school isn't having to pay for it. And the Ralph, Ralph Engelstadt's just dumping money into the program like. What an awesome system you guys have. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, the weight room, it's changed a little bit from our time even, G, in terms of they put a facelift on it. They you know, implemented that recovery room. I mean, it's it's insane how cool it is. They have that high-altitude room where they have the bikes in insane. there. So if you go play in Colorado, you know, the boys are working out the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before going to Denver or Colorado Springs. So, I mean, if you can't get better there, then, you know, get bent, really. So... Gee, I wanted to ask you, though, like, where were you? You spent two nights there. So did you go out Thursday night or did you get a touch on the town? I seen you take me in that. I told you that you had to go to the Red Pepper. That's my spot. So what bars did you get into? You know, there's a ton of them in town. It's like the most per capita, I think, in at least the Midwest, maybe the whole goddamn country. But what did you get up to? Did you have a couple anywhere? After oh, the yeah. Game? So Thursday night, we uh, after. And to be honest, boys, I have to have a couple to to be on camera to do the yep. to do the whole thing like i gotta have a couple drinks before so yeah the whole time i was there i'm kind of scanning the the trying to figure out like the best bars to go to and so thursday night first off we went to uh went to a place i think called uh ice house maybe ice house, ice house. maybe i'm wrong about that okay. but it was it was right next to the canada inn you guys know what i'm talking about over there yeah. right next to the canada inn, inn. Is it yeah. is not 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 the tavern? Is that the tavern? It was the tavern. Okay, I was gonna say the tavern, the tavern is in the Canada Inn. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Tavern so Tuesdays hit, back in the day used to be a hit. We hit there and um yeah, it was a great spot. And then we went we got a nice uh, a really nice steak dinner one night. Uh, did you go to Harry's? Harry's. Yeah, that's a good spot. Yeah. yeah, Harry's was awesome. It was a great spot. We had a couple there. Uh we had a bunch there. Um then shut her down Thursday night, and then Friday we started at uh Speedway. We started a little okay. bar called Speedway. Yeah, that's a classic. Uh, yeah, the yeah. There. I, I enjoy I loved it. It was great. It was quiet. It was awesome. And then we uh, ended up going to the game. And then after, we kind of, like, all, everyone was like, Joe Black's, Joe Black's. Uh, and then where's the other, what's the other place? Sponsors, probably. Sponsors, Joe Black's, Sponsors, Joe Black's, Sponsors. And we were kind of like, all right, we need a sec to just, like, take a breath here. 
Like, let's go sit at Speedway. We'll get a shot or two. Have have a vodka Red Bull. Get things going. Get the blood flowing again and kind of see where we end up tonight. End up back at Speedway and just like when I find my spot, I find my spot. Like when I'm yeah. when I'm in a good bar and I'm like, I love this vibe. I don't want to leave. I'm crushing drinks. I ended up just sitting there all night and then. I think maybe around midnight we we Ubered over to uh Red Pepper and what a spot that is. Some characters in there late night. Oh yeah. But uh, you, what, what was your go-to order cuz what'd you get? Did you get a grinder? Do you get tostada? And what'd you think of it? Did you I mean it's obviously unbelievable drunk food but it's kind of an acquired taste. It's it's something, you know, if you've had it a bunch it's it gets better it's with time. It's not that good. Did you sober. like it? No, yeah, that's my that was my thought was uh so first off, I got the tostadas. I think that's what you told me to get yep. was the cheese, yeah, cheese tostadas. Tostada. So I got the cheese tostadas, and they were fantastic. But yep. I was pretty buckled at this point, boys. Right. I was I was pretty in one. So uh, I remember my camera, the camera guy, my guy Fish, who was there, uh, also ate them, and he was not uh, that drunk. And he was like, "Yeah, this is." Uh, he's like, "I don't know if this would be too good if if you were sober. If you you, I don't think you'd be speaking so highly of it." Because I'm like, "This is the best thing ever. This is unbelievable." Yeah, and then like you kind of come back down to earth a little bit. And you're like, Ugh. "Yeah, yeah, you don't exactly know great. what you ate." Yeah, you you, you got to be walking in there with a good lather on G in terms of yeah. being a little half cut because those cheese tostadas you're just mowing them down. You're like inhaling them. You don't even know what you're eating at that time. But that's oh, a, I'm uh, making a mess of myself. I'm just yes. like shoving it in my mouth at that point. That's that's probably gonna get clipped out. But um, yeah, you, you got <laughs> the yeah. white sauce dialed in. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, the white it's, sauce is great. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So all how do the people that, receive uh, you there, Mike? Uh awesome man. That was that. So I think that was the coolest part was how awesome the fans were. I mentioned, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, just the passion and stuff, but I didn't know uh, Chicklets had like a big fan base in North Dakota. So like oh, yeah. when we showed up there, the fan, like right, right when we announced it two weekends ago, um, fans started emailing us, DMing us, like everything, like and one kid I answered and he was like, yeah, we're setting up tents outside the arena at like 9am on game day. He's like, you got to come by. So we come by at like four o'clock and it was so cool, man. Like right when we, we came out from outside, like under the rink and came swooped around and saw the big line and everyone just went nuts with screaming chiclets. There was like a fuck Pasha chant at one point. It was, uh, it was awesome. I got in the tents with everyone. They're pounding pink Whitney. They're just having a blast. It was, uh, it was awesome, man. I, I, I had an unbelievable time in those tents. Yeah, those That's kids scary. are crazy. I mean, for a big game, especially I was up there for the Minnesota weekend, G, and those guys were kids were camping out like Thursday night to just get the first spot in line because, uh, as you know, the student section is first come, first serve. So I raced them. Kids- I stood right at the front and I put my, I got in a three point stance and I was like, let's go speed walk. And heard you can't run. So I speed walked against the first kid that was, uh, he's, a, he's a fast speed walker. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he's got a, he's <laughs> flipping out a good one. I wish you would have been able to stay for Saturday night. I know you had to get back to, the greater New York City area, but the Pita Pit, brother, if you would have seen the party, especially after a Sioux sweep, I mean, even going back to my days there, like going on my official visit, I did it my my senior year of high school, and I was going to go there the following year, and guys like Derek Forbert, shout out to him, you know him on the bees. Oh, yeah. He took me on my like official visit. Now, I went there after a Saturday night game. I was playing in Green Bay. We had a couple of days off, so I flew in there actually from Michigan, from Detroit. We were playing the national team. And those guys, the same spot. There was the pita pit back in the day. They had the other unit on it. It was above a pita pit. It's like literally right next to the Ralph. It's you. You would have seen it if I, uh, you know, pointed it out. But 
you know, it's an awesome time. I mean, he, he got me late. I thought it was the sickest time ever. It's like, oh, my God, what's going on? So if you would, uh, I wish you would have been able to pop in the pita pit because that's a legendary spot. I know. I wish I could have, too. And I was getting and I it's funny because I actually uh, there's like a tab on Instagram DMs where it's like uh, like non-requested DMs, something like it's like a third tab I just yep. discovered today. And I was going through and it was so many like people just like after the game being like, come here, come here, like the pike uh uh north dakota frat dm okay like, come party here and i'm like fuck i missed all these i should have i should have stayed the extra night and and just had a had a ball with everyone yeah i mean it's it's definitely a go for one stay for two home by three kind of town i mean i don't think most are going home before the bar closes and the crazy thing is for better or worse most are probably driving home from the bar. It just is that's what it so is. It's, forks, it's just yeah, getting an Uber roll. is impossible there. Well, yeah, like you the can't get an Uber. I've ever dealt with. You can't. No, and when it's that cold, Ozzy, how crazy is it when they kick you out of the bars up there? It's like Joe Black's boots everyone out. It's minus fifty out. Some, I mean, most of the time at this time of year, it's minus fifty out. They kick you out. It's like, well, I left my car here, but I don't want to do it. But fuck, I'm right, freezing right now. Gonna, I'm not gonna freeze to death. Right? What do we? Know, like, do we just go warm up in the car? The breezeway. I'm not gonna freeze to death. I might as well go home in my car. Yeah, I was gonna go warm hey, up in my car. Oh, I'm pretty good. I guess I could drive, but. One thing I thought was super crazy, and uh, I guess I didn't – I understood the hate, but I didn't realize it was to this extent. North Dakota people hate the Minnesota Gophers. Like, oh, yeah. Everywhere you go, they're like, hey, what's up, man? Fuck the Gophers. Like, e e like everything. Yeah. Like, people just fucking hate them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I still feel that same way, G. I'm, I don't mean to sound like a hardo. But my parents are from Grand or from Bismarck, North Dakota. They're from Grand. They, my dad went to Grand Forks. My uncles played football there. So did my dad. Ozzy, he's from East Grand Forks, just over the bridge. He's, I mean, it's you bleed green. Like I, even growing up, even playing against those Minnesota guys, I, I still don't really like them. Isn't that crazy to say? I got one buddy. I'll always shut out Mikey Riley, one of my good buddies. I was a gopher. Anyone else other than that, man? I just, it's just, I heard Mike crazy. Riley is an all time guy. I heard he's just a beauty. Great golfer, too, right? He's a man. He's a good dude. Yeah. He's, uh, he's an okay stick, but he's just, he's, he's more there for a morale guy. So but, I saw uh, you were posting that. What are you, a one five? No, me, Besser, Besser, I guess Besser. Shout out to Brock Besser. He went on your guys's, I haven't listened to his interview yet. He was on your guys' show and up in Toronto during the All Star game. And, he was chirping my golf game. That like that every time we're together, he's my partner. He's always getting his ass kicked. So what's going on? He's he's chirping my game. It's like fella, it's you're projecting. fucking you hit the ball like you have the head cover still on it. You're a one point five handicap, and you're bunting the ball down the fairway two twenty. Come on, kid. I need you. I need some birdies here. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of golf, uh, Butter Golf. That's your company, right? Yep. Yep. So they put our hat in the store right next to the Butter Golf hat. It was it was unreal. I, mean, I you love have a that. nice company there, dude. Yeah, no, when we did you start uh, that. I started it last year before I went to Switzerland. So this is like my first year fully running it. But yeah, man, it's it's low and slow for right now. We got some cool shit we're rolling out in here in terms of like our, our next drop will be in the spring here. So I'm fired up for it. It's all you know from scratch. I, I developed all the fabric, it's all USA made. So I'm fired up, bro. We got a bunch of NHL guys wearing it, just trying to spread it around and and see where it takes us. But yeah, it's just it's just me kind of bootstrapping it right now. I got my condo here in North Scottsdale. I always tell people on the other side of the other bedroom, the spare bedroom is literally just BGHQ. You know, I'm packaging <laughs> shit up. I'm just, it's a goddamn nightmare in there. So when Heat Daddy ain't passed out on his face in there. 
Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> daddy's probably spending a couple nights a week. But gee, I wanted to back it up to just your first job out of school. You went to Plymouth State. Like, how did you get connected into Barstool? Was it right away? Were you working a different job? Tell the folks how that kind of transpired. Yeah, so I always wanted to do like sports media. Like I always just thought it'd be the coolest thing in the world. Like if you could just talk about sports for your job. So like radio, sports radio was like really what I wanted to do. Um, so like when I was in college, I I had this like college radio show, and eventually I then like I went in for an internship with uh, ESPN New Hampshire, which is like a affiliate branch of ESPN Radio that was in New- Southern New Hampshire. I just like pitched my college show. Uh, they didn't have any weekend programming. So I was like, they were syndicating everything. So I was like, Hey, like you syndicate everything. You need local programming. I'll talk about UNH hockey. I'll talk about like whatever you want me to talk about. Just like, let me have this time slot. And it was Sunday mornings at like 9am. So Saturday nights, I'd be up all night drinking, partying. And then I'd have to go do this radio show an hour away. Um, so it was tough at 9am. So I did that for about two years. And then after college, they, uh, it was funny. I was, it was like one of my last days there. Um, and I was just going to move on. I was going to kind of go do some like TV production and stuff, just kind of stay behind the scenes. And they, uh, they somehow heard that I could like build websites. And so they came up to me one day and were like, Hey, like we want to revamp our digital, our whole like digital landscape. Uh, we heard you can build websites and you're pretty good at it. Like we'll hire you full time after college. If you build our website, then you'll also run the website, be the digital content manager. And yeah, like that'll be your full-time job. And I said, I'll do it, but you have to give me a, a daily radio show as well. So they gave me a Monday through Friday, six, it started at 6 PM. And I'd take you right into like Bruins coverage that night. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't design websites. I I've never designed a website <laughs> in my life. So the first thing I did was go home and Google like how to build a website. Like I'm calling all my buddies who like knew how to do that kind of stuff. And long story short, I took the job. I built the website for them. I kind of just schmoozed my way in and I was loving the job, man. Like I was, I was talking, ra- talking sports every day, had my own show, had my own office, Southern New Hampshire. I thought that's like what my life was going to be. Yep. And, uh, and then one day my boss came in and he was just, and he was the man, he was just such a cool dude. And he was, uh, he was just like, yeah, Mike, uh, he's like, I just got out of a meeting. He's like, I think we're selling the station in six months. So I was like, fuck back to the drawing board here. Like we got to figure something out. So I grew up in Boston. I was always like every day, all day I'd read Barstool sports. Like, th- so this is probably the year 2015. So now when he tells you that, I'm like, all right, I got to find a way to work at Barstool. I'll do fucking anything to work there. So I would just type in like Kyle at BarstoolSports.com, like Randy at Barstool Sports, like random first names at BarstoolSports.com for emails. And finally, like I was just getting some answers from some, from some people. And I got a hold of RA's email and they started Chicklets. They did episode one. And I, I listened and I was like, wow, they could uh, they have no social media. They this sounds terrible. Like they they could probably use a producer. So I shot RA an email. He uh, he responded. You're hired. You start Thursday. I told him I would quit my job. I was like, I'll quit my job on the spot. Like I'll I'll dedicate my life to this and, and then I'll figure out. My, I was like, you don't have to pay me. Like I'll quit my job right now. Like I'll figure out my life and how to make money and how to make this work. So I quit my job. They hired me. Uh, and so then I had to figure out how to make money. So I was like, my, my family owns a bar in Boston. So I would, uh, I would bartend there. I'd bar back there. 
I would take like PA jobs at like uh, news stations all around uh, Boston. And I would do, uh, yeah, I would just do like, like freelance production work and all these different things that were like minimum wage jobs just to get some money to be able to do spit and chiclets. And then finally, uh, like once Barstool came on and, and everything, it was, uh, I, they, they were able to pay me. So, uh, that's when I ended up like moving to New York city and now I'm, now I'm here. I mean, that's so right away, right away with chiclets. Was it when, cause RA was doing some writing and blogging for Barstool. Obviously Wit had just retired. They give you the call to be the producer or, you know, tighten the ship a little bit, the screws. Are you affiliated with Barstool at the time? Or are you guys just kind of hanging out in RA's living room? So, so we were the hanging out in RA's and living figuring room. it out what you're going to do for an episode. Yeah, we were hanging out in RA's living room, but we were at that point then just got affiliated with Barstool. So we were affiliated, but we were still working out of RA's, uh, RA's uh, apartment. And we didn't really understand. Like no one, this is before podcasting was like big. Yeah, yeah. So like no one understood what it could be. No one understood that this could be a full-time job. It was like, hey, this is just something fun we're doing. We like to do it. And it's on Barstool Sports. Like this is kind of sick. And if it if it gets us some tickets to some free games, like that would be awesome. And then yeah flash forward like eight years later now it's it's kind of crazy what it's become i never thought it would ever ever become this when i sent that first email and even just like yeah i mean i grew up I'm, i told you before this i'm a 93 right so i grew up in boston 93 wit is an 83 so he grew up in boston as well so like i grew up like idolizing this guy fifth overall pick played at bu like this was one of those guys like you guys know how it is like when you when you're a hockey player you know all the pro hockey players that came from the same area as you. So like the fact I remember the first day, like me and wit smoked a joint together, my first podcast. And I was like, this is the best thing. And like, this is the best day of my life. Like, I can't believe I'm like here, like with, with these guys and I'm working for Barstool sports. So yeah, it's been, it's just been an insane ride. <laughs> what was our age apartment? Like at that time, everything you would think of just like a stack no. of DVDs, probably. It was so gold. nice. It was, it was so nice? nice. It was really? so nice. Yeah. He had, he had this like, uh, and it's not even like an apartment. I think he would be pissed if I called it that. It's like a, it was like a townhouse that he had. Okay. And I, I can't tell the story. It's better, better when he does it. If you ever talk to him, ask him what helped him buy that condo. It's a pretty crazy story, but <laughs> it, yeah, he had like this three story, probably three or four bedrooms right in down, like right in South Boston. It was like, it was, it was ideal. Yeah, RA got a national touches. It still had RA's touches, like Star Wars DVDs and everything everywhere. Right. Did you, ever, did you ever track down who told that news station that you could do websites? Did you ever find out like who was saying that? I, I never did. I, I, I never did. I, I wonder if I like said something on air like one day where I was like, oh, I could build a better website than this. Like, this sucks. Like, something along those lines. I don't know. But, yeah, I still, to this day, I still have no idea how they found that out. And it's actually funny. What I did, I don't even know if I can say this, but what I did was I had, like, the back end to another website. Like, I used to, like, blog for this other website. And I had their whole back end of their website. So I went in and I copied all the code. And I just copy and pasted it into another website. And I just like would go in and just like where there were words that was like X company, I would just change that to ESPN New Hampshire. It was kind of wild. I'm shocked <laughs> I never got caught for it. I love that. Just hustling, baby. Just, just making your way. It. Yeah, that's the way to do it. 
that's what like a, a lot of people don't realize is like it was a grind like it was it oh, was yeah. a, a long grind it was years of you know not getting paid to work and like just trying to trying to find ways that like spitting chicklets could make money so then we could make money and doing all these like random jobs like it was uh yeah it, it was a crazy it, it's, it's so crazy especially like when we did the tnt broadcast last week it's like you just think like when we started on ra's couch like i remember i was like one day i was like hey guys like would you guys want to try video and they're like sure fuck it and i remember I, I put my brother's old gopro like on ra's tv and it would like film down at us and we didn't really know what we were doing we're just like yeah let's just try to get some video here and see what happens and then to have our own like TV broadcast eight years later is just fucking nuts. Yeah, that was cool. Especially even just TNT opening up the door for you guys to do that. The alternate cast. That was awesome to see the boys up there. The production was cool. I'm sure you had a lot of cool ideas. Gee, I want you to touch on this game coming up. The FDNY versus NYPD game. ESPN, I believe, dropped the coverage You know, a few years ago. I don't know if it was pre-COVID and... I think you spearheaded this move to get Barstool to cover this game, to produce it, to give it more eyes, and ultimately put it on a cast. Just touch on that game because it's always one of the funnier games to watch in terms of just a bunch of firefighters duking it out with a bunch of police officers that hate each other. There's always a scrap. There's a lot of bad blood. So just touch on that they game. Just hate a little bit. Each other. It's insane, man. These guys fucking hate each other. And so it's really cool, actually. Um, so I didn't realize how big this game was. Like, I, like you guys said, like I grew up in Boston, moved here probably five or six years ago. The pandemic hits, and um, so I never had the opportunity to go to the game. I was asked a few times. I was like, no, like whatever. Like I'm, I'm busy tonight. Um, and then the pandemic hits, and ESPN broadcasts. I believe uh, the 20th anniversary after 9/11. So we watched that, and our our office at in uh, at Barstool is right across the street from. Uh, MSG. So I'm watching that and I'm like, this is fucking amazing. They sold out MSG for this. Like they can sell out MSG. And right away I texted Eric and Ardini, who was our, our, our CEO. And I was like, Hey, like, are you watching this on ESPN? We could do this. Like we could a hundred percent do this. And she was like, all right, like let's do it. And then I was, I was sitting next to our uh, talented video editor, Sean Apuzo. And I was like, Sean, like, we should film a documentary around this as well. And he was like on it. So Sean spent like a year following the team around, you know, at the, in their locker rooms, on their travel trips, like everything just like, and, and made a dialed documentary. But so we, we talked to NYPD and we talked to the FDNY. Both of them were, were on board because ESPN dropped the rights after the 20th anniversary game. Um, so we came in, we came in for the 49th annual game last year. Uh, and it was awesome. It was at UBS. We had biz wit and Jake Marsh on the call, uh, like in between periods, we had like Rico Bosco, big cat. Uh, it was just, it was an unreal time. And it was like, I just think like there was one play that, that always stands out in my mind. And it was like, they're running there. Some, I think that, uh, NYPD was on a power play. So the FDNY was in a box out front and wit was just like, yeah, real tight box out here and biz <laughs> right away. You know, he's going to make a joke about that. He's oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. With Doug tight, tight box down there. And like, you just think about those things. And, like you can't do that kind of shit on like a, a real broadcast. No. So the fact that we were able to bring in jokes like that, it was just, uh, it was so cool. And we donated a hundred thousand dollars to, 
back to the um, FDNY and NYPD to, you know, hopefully help for pay to go to their charities. They all support a bunch of good charities. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been really cool getting to know a lot of the guys, too. And I don't know if you guys saw the game last year, but it was a fucking chuck fest. Like these guys, <laughs> it was a blowout, first off, which was it's literally like slap shot. Out there. It, it is. It's it's fucking insane. So, like once it, it's it's a real intense, like ho- like good hockey game for the first half. Then once FDNY started breaking away, it's every whistle, two guys squaring up at center ice, taking the helmets off. Everybody in the crowd sold out UBS arena, just going fucking nuts. So it's uh it's an unbelievable experience. And if you are in the New York area, I know it's sold out in like seconds every year, but if you can get tickets and try and go, go or watch it on barstool.tv. <laughs> I, I think you guys had someone on. I don't know if it was the, the documentary I seen, or was you had someone? Maybe you interviewed one of the players or a couple of the players in the same room. There, they were one firefighter, and it was one police officer, and they were kind of buddies. Maybe it was just funny, like how intense they are. And I feel like even with the bar stool production, they're taking it. They're almost buying into the mantra of like we got to make it a little bit more over the top, like oh, yeah. WWE cage match out there, and. They're, they're looking for a fight like at every whistle. It seems like there was a dust up after every whistle. It could be like a little flipping. The boys are like looking around. It's unbelievable. It, you're so right, though, because it's so awesome. Like working with them, too. Like they they are like WWE guys where you're like, hey, like Peretta, like go go put on a show this period. Two yeah. fights at center ice later. He comes back. He's like, I got you. It's like they they know what they're there to do. Like they know it's entertainment, too. Yeah. Like they know the tradition. They know the the bragging rights behind it, but they know it's, it's a full UBS arena there and they, it only happens once a year. Yeah, no, it's, I, I love watching that. I can't wait to tune in. One of these years I got to be boots on the ground for that. That's, that's definitely like a, a games, staple I need to hit. Games all year. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. But you do do a little TV, right? Cause I did a, so I, when I was in, in Grand Forks, I did a, I did a TV hit before the game with the Midco crew. Yep. And they and they were saying that they were like, yeah, when he comes on with us, he is uh, he is his he's he's Jay Swish before the before we go on before we hit record, we hit record and he's a dialed analyst. He's just breaking oh, yeah. down hockey. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I I got my touch this year earlier in the year. Ozzo was up there for that weekend. It was uh, they were playing CC, but. Yeah, brother, I like to say I can throw both ways. I can talk about a nice set of tits, but I can also break down a four check. Talk about whatever you want. So I, I like doing that work, G. And I think that's the kind of the new way, as you know, where hockey and, and media is going is you got to be able to tiptoe that line. But people also want uncut, unfiltered, raw. And that's what we even try to bring at Hockey Night in Scottsdale when you popped on our, our live show there at the Canuck. Appreciate you for coming by for that, that one, awesome. too. Crushing some pink Whitney and whatnot. But lastly, G, I wanted to ask you, just touch on Chicklets University. I think it's a very cool series you're doing in terms of like you said, you were at the Grand Forks this weekend at the Ralph, getting around to different college hockey towns, barns. And after that two-part question, I want you to give me a winner for this year in St. Paul at the Frozen Four. Who do you like as a favorite? So a little two-parter for you, fella. So Chicklets U, it's actually kind of crazy how the whole thing started. It's it's everything we've done at Chicklets has always been so organic. Things kind of just fall into place, but we were in the Super Bowl last. I mean, we were at the Super Bowl last year in in Scottsdale, and there was one day where I Biz and Wit were just like filming stuff with Barstool all day, so I didn't really have anything to do, and I knew that that this day I would have free for weeks leading up. So 
I emailed powers at ASU and I was like, Hey, like I really want to film a documentary about the ASU hockey team. Just like the transition from being a club team to then making it to be a division one team. And now you have the sick mullet arena and they ended up, I think powers was like out of town that week or something. So he couldn't end up doing it. So he basically suggests, he's like, Hey, just do a tour of the facilities. We'll give you Josh Doan. I'm like, Oh, awesome. Like that's unreal. So we ended up doing the tour with Josh Doan and it, came out awesome and we were at the end of it we were kind of like i think that was that was pretty good and then we posted it and it got a ton of views and we're like all right i i think we got something here like let's let's try doing this and then this this fall we were like all right like we're doing it we're gonna do chicklets you and fish our editor has been he's been awesome and yeah we we hit the ground running we did bc we did umass we've done uh penn state we've done north dakota we filmed northeastern um, we still have a bunch more schools to go to. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, been pretty cool. And it's, I think for like, not every, there's so many hockey players out there, right? Like yep. you guys are a different breed. You guys got to play at the division one level and not every kid, like think about it. Like there's like one kid on, on every team you played up with that maybe played college hockey let alone to play at a facility like Grand Forks and at the Ralph. So like, I'm not used to this kind of stuff. Like if, if, if my locker room in high school had like a cold tin that they'd throw some ice in the corner, like we're, we're living large, that's luxurious. But yeah. So to be able to see all these schools from a hockey player, a hockey fan, but someone who never got to play at that level, it's, it's been really cool for me. And you guys fucking lived a life. It's like free food, like, like th these guys, like private chefs, like yeah. it is, Charter it planes. is just insane. Charter you almost planes. get treated too well. It's almost yeah. like, it's well, a little too much. Well, that's just it, Ozzy. You get sent down, you go to an NHL camp, you get sent down to the American League, you're back on the bone rattler, G, which is the bus. You're like, holy fuck, 12 bucks, money in a cup. I'm getting Chipotle. I'm driving from Chicago and we're busing all the way to Iowa? Like, what, what are we doing here? What league is this? I thought I'm pro hockey. We're busing nine hours. We're going to Cleveland. What the fuck is this? You're stopping at the gas station halfway, and you're picking up a thing of David's sunflower seeds, some chew, and maybe like a Red Bull just to get you through, and you're whacking the pen back in the bathroom. It's like, what is going on? I'm used to getting on the tarmac, going to right to Denver, flying in, getting a five-star meal, going over to the Capitol Grill or Ruth Chris or the best steakhouse in town, and then going to play the game, and I'm playing in front of four 14 people in Cleveland tonight. What's going on? Is this pro hockey? This is the second best league in the world. And it's even funny because I've, uh, I was talking to a college coach the other day. I won't say what school, but he was basically along the lines of like, Hey man, like we were watching your Penn state video. Like as a team, you start, you start talking about how they're getting filet mignons from for every meal while my team's sitting there eating team Chipotle. Like, He's like, can you come up to my school, throw me a bone here? And I'm like, I don't right. know, buddy. Like, maybe don't feed your team Chipotle. Right. I don't know if I'm going. I don't know if I'm going up to Alaska, fella. I don't know if I'm going to Fairbanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that I, I will go to that school, and it will be an awesome video. The fans are insane at the school, but yeah. And then your the second part of your question is, uh, who do I think wins the national championship? I think it's Boston College. I just think they are so loaded every weekend. You tune in, and, and I don't get to watch every game, but you see it's like 6 nothing tonight, 7-1 the next night, next weekend, 5-1. They win four. Like, they just blow everyone out every night. Their goalie, Fowler's incredible. Uh, I mean, Perot, 
Will Smith, Cutter Gauthier, like they're yeah, just Ryan Leonard, like they're just fucking loaded. I worry about their defense a little bit, but I mean they're just uh they're something special. My only knock on them is they're young, and typically yeah. that young, talented team gets to the Frozen Four, and for whatever reason, just like Minnesota last year, they they lose. Michigan too. Michigan last year as yeah, well. Yeah, Michigan too. Dude, gee, what you what do you think of the boys, the, the Sioux boys, the North Dakota guys? Solid hockey club, right? No, I mean Jackson Blake's a great player, Reese Gabe or some of these guys, but just a solid team, no. Solid team, uh, great group of guys. Uh, shout out to Reese Gaber, like a bunch of the guys, like they reach out, they sent me a text before I came to town. Just like it's welcoming, right? Like it's 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 an kind of an awkward thing when you come into the locker room, like cameras rolling. Like I don't know any of these guys, right? Like yep. I've never met them, and I'm just a fucking clown that's fucking dancing in the corner with the camera in his face. And I'm like, I I, I do want to. You do want to like uh, I don't want to say develop a relationship, but like you don't want to be looked at as like a fucking clown. So like no. when when guys like Reese Gaber text me and they're like, "Hey man, like happy to have you. The boys are so excited. Like let me know if you need anything when you get here." Walking into the facility, you're like, "All right, like these guys, like they're they're happy I'm coming. Like they're they're not gonna think I'm a clown in the corner." And then you got Louis Jammernick, and I mentioned him at the beginning, but holy shit, this kid. If I had a daughter, I I would want him to date my daughter. Like 4.0 GPA, commercial commercial aviation major. Just like, just just seems just like the the nicest kid, the most respectable kid on on planet Earth. And it makes sense that they they send him out there to represent oh, the yeah. university I, to do uh to do chicklets. You hundred percent. I was gonna say, especially back in our day, a lot of our boys were wrecking tourism majors. G, you know what I mean? Going to maybe <laughs> going to run a Yellowstone National Park. Maybe catching Walking a little bit class. of a micro dose. We had a lot of communications majors. So there's no secret they're sending the jammer out there who's the aviation major. I mean, Ozzy, some of the characters we were playing with in the day, I don't even know if they could speak in a sentence, let alone form a sentence. So it's good. Some to of the that. majors, though, at this school are fucking crazy. Like it's, it's, in, you just mentioned a few there, but like I feel like I saw like astronaut school or something. Like I, I don't fucking, it, it's just, it's, it's insane that you'd go to Grand Forks and it's like, oh, these people want to become pilots here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the bigger aviation schools in, in the country. I think it's one or two Aussie, right? I mean, they get a there's a ton of Asian people that come over to, to yeah. fly over there. And yeah, no, it's cool. But I think it's because there's so much open space. You can fly anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of there's no shortage of land. There's no shortage of land. But uh, gee, will you be in St. Paul for the Frozen Four? Or are you planning on? Oh, boys, I'm in a little no? bit of a dilemma here. Let me explain okay. it to you. So the plan was to go i didn't check the refrigerator my girlfriend her cousin getting married that friday no oh, tough gonna be tough so 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 yeah it's it's tough right now but what i think right. the plan is fly in wednesday i'm there wednesday thursday fly out friday morning Yep. And I'm back Saturday morning for the national. Be a pro. That'd be legendary. Right? Like, I, I have to do it. Yeah, I yeah. think so. We you will, guys going to uh, be there? Yeah, I think I'm going to yeah. go. And I'm hoping UND makes it. I think they'll probably end up in that Sioux Falls region. And I'm hoping they don't have to face off against CC because that's their kryptonite. But I plan on being there. Ozzy is obviously in the greater Minneapolis area. So if I'm there, brother, we're going to have to we're gonna have to Love link it. up. We're pending and maybe trying to set up a live show somewhere, too. So if we get that dialed in. Maybe we link on that, but um, no, man. We appreciate you popping by, G. Seriously, stopping by to talk shop with the Live and Five fellows over here. I don't know if you can hear this jackhammering going on behind me right now. They're absolutely yeah, hacking away at too. something. Sucks. 
Boys, I can't thank you enough for having me on. For all the hospitality, all the recommendations at North Dakota, what an amazing, amazing school. The Ralph is incredible. I can't wait for this video to come out. It should come out, I think, maybe last week of March. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for everyone to see it. I hope you guys like it. Awesome. No, gee, well, thanks again for stopping by. Glad you enjoyed the Forks, fella. Like I said, it's a go for one, stay for two, home by three kind of town. Folks, that was lead producer of Spit and Chicklets, Mike Grinnell. Friend of the show over here at Live and Five. Thanks for listening in.